Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. So this is going to be kind of a catch-up day on Action Radio. We've got a couple of hours um, open. Normally it's been crazy. I mean, it has been nuts around here um, the past few days. Monday, um, Jessica was off, but she'll be back this Monday. So generally, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are completely jammed with, with people, which is great. So we have uh, Jessica Rivera with the investigative report, with the Rivera report, first thing on Monday. And then after that is Jonathan Mosley with the legal report. And then Dorothy Diana with the sex and sensuality report. So Mondays get pretty busy. So we have investigative journalism, politics, and sex. What more could you want from a show, right? So that, and then this Tuesday, we've got uh, Brianna Cannon with the government inquiry report. And uh, uh, Wendy Arthur with the Oh My God report. And then, no, I'm obsessed Wednesday. I'm sorry. Let me start again. Brianna Cannon. Uh, and then Josie Cossey with uh, the Latino report. And then the third hour is usually open. Um, so the, although we are, we had a guest, we had Mario Prado, who's a Hollywood director. He's, excuse me, producer. Who, I, could, I should let's just start the whole show again. <laughs> it's going to be one of those mornings I can tell. Anyway, uh, so Mario Prado is the producer of a movie called The Falcon. And what's really fabulous about that is uh, that uh, they've asked me to help create this film. And so providing the background I have as the, uh, I guess the, 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 the sort of the, the originator of citizen legislation, uh, a citizen legislation website, a radio show, and kind of putting them all together, they found that rather interesting and intriguing, and they want to sort of incorporate this, you know, in, in a way that sort of reflects how our, our founding was, you know, in that people would uh, come together and talk about bills, and they'd write them down and send them to Washington. Well, we did the same thing, except that we use social media, regular media, electronic media, and all kinds of things, but it's, it's the same basic principle. So all we're doing at Action Radio really is kind of redoing the way the country was supposed to be the first time. And so that, that in itself is quite intriguing. So anyway, so they're finding that fascinating in Hollywood. And it seems that movies, you know, in many ways reflect uh, and, and TV to reflect the future. You know, uh, look at Star Trek, the original Star Trek. They had those little flip communicators and then we got flip phones. You know, just there's a lot of little things like that. Computers, they wouldn't know about computers in the 60s, but, you know, now, and we thought, uh, then they would, they would talk to the computer. Computer, uh, yes. <laughs> well, that's kind of stupid. Computers don't talk. And, you know, now, now, now you can use voice commands. You know, Siri, <laughs> you know, Google, you know, what, what's the price of tea in Mongolia? I mean, you, you can ask really stupid questions. Like, well, maybe it's not if you're in Mongolia, but uh, you can do things like that, and, and it's really kind of interesting. Uh, how that all works. Anyway, so, you know, everything, and then you got the, the, the nasty films from Soylent Green to The Hunger Games, you know, of, of you know, Doom and Gloom and V for Vendetta, which was a film about a, a tyrannical government um, taking over a country using a, a virus, you know, and, and like, oh, COVID. <laughs> yeah, that's how, and then they stole the election, right? I mean, it's so, so V for Vendetta, you know, which is actually about the, the blowing up of uh, the British Parliament uh, in some you know, not too distant future, uh, and then imposing, you know, as a, as a response to the government using a dictatorship to take over the country with COVID, with a with a virus as the pretense. It's, it's kind of interesting, anyway. So movies movies are kind of like, uh, you know, foretelling what and where they get their plots from. I don't know, but it's like they foretell the future uh, and away they go. So I got uh, Mark on the Netherlands. Good morning on this windy day. Yeah, it's windy here too. Uh, it's cold. It was cold for Florida. You know, yesterday the high was sixty. So in Celsius, that would be 15 degrees because 60 is like standard temperature. So 15 Celsius, 60 Fahrenheit. That's cold. Let's see what it is now. And Marco, you, I'm sure you've got a conversion factor there. It's 35 degrees. It's just three degrees above freezing. 
So that would be like maybe two degrees Celsius, you know, very close to zero. Uh, high today, it looks like it's going to be a little warmer, 67. Oh, my gosh. And that's uh, three, count, 3 o'clock. Tomorrow we're going to 74, Saturday 77, Sunday 78. And we'll go back. Well, then it goes to the 80s next week. So, so we're going to go from winter, you know, back to summer, and then maybe some uh, fall. It's it's kind of all over. So Marco says wind of six. I don't know what that means. Is that six out of six or six out of ten? How I don't know how strong the winds are in the Netherlands. Now I'm not talking to myself here. There really is a person in the Netherlands who types in on live chat. If you're listening on the podcast, you you don't know that because live chat. Is only when we're live. <laughs> so if you're listening on the podcast, like most people do, then uh, this is why I read the messages um, as they come in. All right. So there's not, you know, a ton of news beyond what we already know. There's no, there's like a, there's not like a really new story, but the same old story. Uh, Anthony Blinken is heading over to the Middle East to uh, completely sabotage Israel and help Hamas take them over. We know that. Uh, we know that uh, Biden, the insurrectionist, the the not legal president. And one American News is actually stating that one of the reporters uh, called him a resident. Uh, Dan Ball is just open. He says, you know, the, the Joe Biden who was installed in the White House. I mean, he's, he's they're finally getting blatant about it. I mean, we started this like the day after the election. <laughs> he was like, no, he's not the president. You know, but uh, it's like everybody else is catching up. I, I love being a trendsetter. I, I believe at least I know I I know I heard it with us first. Someone else might have said it and I didn't know. But I think we were the first to use the term D.C. Gulag uh, and refer to the January 6th prisoners as political prisoners. And I have that on record when George Papadopoulos was on the show uh, a couple of years ago. And so I like to think we got it first, but I don't know for sure. So I only like to take credit when I know. And I don't know, but I know I, I heard it first when I said it. But someone else might have you know, gotten to these things before I did. Wind is 6 out of 10 in the Netherlands. Uh, Beaufort scale. Oh, the Beaufort scale. Oh, oh boy, that sounds like a British scale. So, as the British seem to name so many things, Greenwich Mean Time, as opposed to you know Berlin Mean Time, and uh, some of the other things the British have named. Uh, you know, uh, international datelines probably named for them. And longitude and latitude sounds like very British terms. So yes, I think the Beaufort scale because there was a Beaufort airplane. And I'm sure there's a Fort Bow or a Bow Fort somewhere, somewhere in the, the United Kingdom. Anyway, yes, there we go. All right, so. So Blinken's going over to sabotage Israel, um, and it was interesting. Uh, Biden was already there sabotaging Israel by uh, trying to hold up the the inevitable um, ground uh, attack on Hamas for attacking Israel. We knew it was going to happen. So so Biden's there. Oh, we need a ceasefire. Yeah. So a bunch of terrorists killed thousands and thousands of Israelis. The most beautiful, you know, that's beautiful. I mean, the most. Oh God, sorry, wrong choice of words. No, I didn't mean to say that. That was correction. In the most you know grotesque and disgusting. Um, horrible way possible. Uh, and he's there. And uh, Biden's there. Um, just there to uh, uh, totally screw up, the, you know, Israel to hold up their their, uh, you know, their counterattack on, on Hamas in uh, in Gaza. And it was disgusting the way he did it. And I don't know why Netanyahu went along with it. I really don't. I do not know why he went along with it. Um, because that just makes no sense to me whatsoever. He should have just he should attack anyway. He said, like, I'm sorry, you know, unless he was worried about his aid or something like that, you know, to Israel or, or something. Um, but uh, he should have just gone in and just, you know, maintained his plans. Because by holding on, somebody, one of the military people explained this. Um, he explained that, uh, um, that by holding up uh, um, the inevitable, you know, um, reincorporation of, of Gaza, which I hope goes back to Israel. I mean, I hope they, they take the whole thing and, and make it Israel again. Um, but the problem is that by waiting, you know, all the, the prep work they had done, all the, the, uh, the, the missile attacks, the bombing of tunnels, the things that they had done 
you know, in uh, uh, sort of like an invasion prelude. It's like when, uh, when the Marines would storm the beaches in World War II. You know, the, the, the uh, Navy ships would, would bombard the coastline to hopefully remove all the guns. Of course, the Japanese were in tunnels. You know, a different thing, much like Hamas is in tunnels. So then that then would pop out once the shelling stopped and attack our Marines as they're landing on the beach. That's how it worked. That's why it was such a, was, you know, I, I don't, landings in World War II were just horrible. Uh, there, was, there was a better way to do it, just cut off the supplies. Think, if they just sunk all the cargo ships, you know, you would have cut off the supplies to the Japanese Navy and the Japanese Army, and you wouldn't be invading islands. But uh, generals and admirals, they like battles. They like big battles. And, you know, so that's how they do it. So you've got to separate the, the, the glory of the battle from the people that aren't fighting it but are, you know, making the orders from the actual battle itself. And so my sympathy goes with the soldiers. So with Gaza, the best thing for Gaza would just be to be uh, incorporated back into Israel. Because if you see pictures of Gaza before when Israel had it, uh, and it's on my Facebook pages. So you go to my page or you can go to the Action Radio International page. Or um, I think uh, Barry Shaw in Israel has, has – this, this is where I found it. And it, it, it shows you pictures of Gaza when it was beautiful. Uh, uh, I think that's what I was thinking of was the video when I goofed there earlier. Um, but Gaza was gorgeous. I mean, it had beaches and it was touristed and it had resorts and it had uh, green space and it had, you know, nice skylines and uh, – you know, houses and apartments and businesses in Gaza was gorgeous until Israel gave it to um, those calling themselves Palestinians and they totally destroyed the place, wiped it out, took out all the parks, took out all the green, took out all the beaches, took out all the tourism, took out everything and made it a terrorist uh, boot camp. So it's horrible what they've done to it. Um, so, it, you know, and in fact, you know, this is no one's going to say this, of course, but I think those that are living in Gaza would be a lot happier, you know, if, if Gaza was back uh, part of Israel. Uh, and it was made nice again, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, a Palestinian, you know, Ottoman Turk refugee uh, living in Israel thinking, yeah, it's great. And there's a lot of Palestinians living in Israel, you know, former Ottoman Turks, you know, living in Israel. And they're doing just fine. Yeah, they're, they're happy, <laughs> you know, better than being in Gaza. Right. And so uh, so it's very it's very interesting how this is all working out. Um, but that's the best thing that would happen would be to, for Gaza, for Israel to do what it should have done. Uh, which was keep Gaza and the Golan and, uh, and the West Bank and just make that all part of Israel and stop this, this land for peace negotiation. Land for peace means that uh, you give up some land and then they want another piece of land. Land for peace, land for peace, land for another piece, land for another piece, until the point where there's no Israel. I mean, that's where this is all going. Anyway, so Marco's talk, talking about uh, Beaufort is French. That'd be Beaufort. This is French. It's a different thing, yes. Yes, a good man. Yes, I think it's French. It would be Bilfo. Yeah. Because the French always put three letters at the end of every word that they don't need. It's, it's very um, inefficient. All right. Uh, whereas Germans put words together, they'll put like 15 words together in one, you know, like saving space, which is, I guess, very efficient. All right. So back to the topic du jour. So it turns out, and this is kind of interesting, that the never-ending story of Dr. Fascist, uh, oh, the Palestinians didn't want nudist beaches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't, did, did they have nudist beaches in, in Gaza when it was part of Israel? I know they did in California and San Francisco. Like San Francisco has some wonderful beaches, and, and part of the beach, the Golden Gate Bridge, is the, the nude part and the gay part. So you've got a gay part and a nude part, uh, and then you've got a, a, a public part where, like, you know, normal beach rules apply, uh, <laughs> you know, in the United States, which doesn't have nudist beaches. So anyway, it's, it's kind of funny, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, come to Gaza for the – I'm not going to say it <laughs> – yeah, for the nudist beaches. That would be very interesting. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sure – well, the Palestinians are Muslim, you know, as they were back when they were Ottoman Turks. 
you know. So the Ottoman Empire was Turkey, and uh, uh, it was big. I'd have to look it up, but it extended way beyond Turkey. But that's like the last remnant of the Ottoman Empire. And that's where the, those who are calling themselves Palestinians came from, because they're not Palestinians. You know, they're Ottoman Turks who are living in uh, Israel and living in other countries, Jordan, Egypt, things like that, that all have different names now. The world changes. That's how it works. Okay. So I heard this last night and this morning a little bit, and I was uh, sort of looking into what's, uh, what's new, what's going on, what's happening. And it turns out that Dr. Fascist has reared his ugly head once again. Fascist, as you all know, is one Anthony Fauci, but we call him Dr. Fascist in half a couple of years, and that's the name that I hope catches on. Um, worldwide as well. So Dr. Fetchist, uh, and, and if Josie were listening, she'd be laughing, but uh, I call him the psychopathic, avaricious, narcissistic, pathologically lying vaccine pusher. Just <laughs> to be able to say all of that. But uh, this, is, this is a terrible human being. He's a total psychopath. Um, he doesn't care how many people he kills. He wants power. And he wants money. And I don't know which he values more, power or money. Because uh, he's got both. Um, so he, he still has power. He still wants to be in the limelight. He wants to do things. But uh, money, uh, I'm sure he made billions off uh, the licenses and because the government people, you know, unlike other, like in a corporation, if you, if you work for uh, the Bell Labs is the example. So if you work for a company uh, and you invent something, if you're working on company time, the company gets the license because you're working for them. They're paying you to do it. Uh, if you invent something on your own, totally separate, that's yours. But companies always have licenses that say, okay, if, you, if you're working as an inventor for us, you get the credit. And those that say that Thomas Edison did not actually invent the light bulb that one of his staff did, but he gets credit because it was his company. So it, it's kind of interesting how that works, but uh, that's how it works. Now, in the government, uh, they passed a law that said that if you invent something on government research on taxpayer money, you can license it yourself and get royalties. Well, that's wrong. If it's wrong for people working in companies to, to not get the credit for their inventions, to be able to market them independently, then it's wrong for government people. Um, to get uh, licenses and patents and royalties for, for what they invent on taxpayer money. But that's how it works, right? You know, companies, private companies are liable for their products, but uh, big pharma's not because they bought immunity. You know, so the, the buying, I don't know how the government bought the ability to get uh, their own licenses, but that's kind of interesting. Pianchi's on, on live chat too. He says, oh, the, oh, Pianchi's the one who said the Palestinians want nudist beaches. Okay, there we go. I'm sorry. I, I stand corrected again. I'm out of it today. It's just, you ever have days when you're out of it? I'm kind of distracted. There's a bunch of side products going on outside of Action Radio, so if I'm off, just you guys keep me straight. Then he says, when you Americans to a highly religious setting alone, uh, you know, come that vile behavior. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't consider nudist beaches, you know, vile behavior, uh, I w- but I would post that they're nudist beaches. <laughs> you can't just people, you know, because most beaches, especially when people are in families, things like that. There we go. Women wearing Daisy Duke shorts are, oh, all right, I'm going to, oh, I'm not going to read that comment. Uh, so then it says that should not apply to black American researchers. <laughs> no, all right. Let me get back to, uh, to the news here. So back to Dr. Fascist. So there's three stories I found. Uh, apparently there's a lab in Montana that was uh, spiking the protein and ramping up the, uh, uh, the gain of function and doing all kinds of things. See, Wuhan lab is just where they sent the work uh, after it was been in the United States, but most of the work was done here. Uh, DARPA, the Defense uh, Something Research Project Association, whatever it is. So the Defense Department and the North Carolina, University of North Carolina uh, labs under Ralph Barrick, that's where, that's where COVID was created. Okay, We all know that. to research the Perbright Institute in England that patents coronaviruses for various different things, mostly animals. So we know that. We talked about that way back in 2020. 
uh, and we know that the Wuhan lab in China uh, had something to do with it. That's probably where they released it from because Obama banned gain-of-function uh, research here. So Fauci, rather than stop it like a good citizen would do, he just packed it up and moved it to Wuhan, China, with his communist Chinese military buddies over there. So we've got three stories here. So we're going to go through these. And then uh, the second hour, I've got a, a WEBY class with Larry Downs, Jr. Now, the reason I'm playing the one with Larry Downs, Jr. is because Larry Downs, Jr. is going to be our video social media person at Citizen Legislation Day on January 7th. So I'll talk more about that when, uh, when I play his interview from uh, 2018. I'm going to be sending him and say, hey, here's how you send it then. <laughs> See how he sounds now. Yeah, that was not long ago. So, so this is from Just the News, which is a great web, uh, website. Uh, John Solomon and uh, Amanda Head. Uh, see last name. Uh, she, she's on. You know, uh, you, you get some interesting first names for that. You know, but anyway, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can get you know, like Tipper instead of Tipper Gore. Tipper. No, I, I better stop now. I'm going to get in trouble. Um, but uh, yeah, so so these two, John Solomon and uh, Amanda Head, do these really great newscasts. Now, they also, run, I think he runs Just the News. So this is from Just the News. It's three days ago. And it says, Fauci NIH lab, that is the National Institute for Health lab, infected bats with Wuhan coronavirus. Well, I don't know if it's the Wuhan coronavirus. I'm, I'm sure it's, it was the United States Ralph Barrick University of North Carolina DARPA coronavirus. I think Wuhan was just kind of a waypoint you know, or a distribution point. But it was not where all this started. And then it says, Wuhan coronavirus obtained from zoo near Camp David. Well, Camp David is the, the presidential retreat named for David Eisenhower, um, that uh, um, Ike Eisenhower, you know, uh, President Eisenhower, uh, Dwight David Eisenhower uh, used to go to. But anyway, so it's named for his kid. Uh, it's Camp David. I guess they want to call it Camp Eisenhower because that would be too presidential for something. Anyway, so it's called Camp David. All right. So let me see if I can get this here. So Zoo's director of animal health once worked for NIH in animal research, NIH's Montana lab. Of course, who knew they had a Montana lab until, you know, yesterday, right? Did the research with Wuhan Institute of Virology collaborator. So let's, uh, let's get to the story. I'm still learning about this one, too. So this is October 30th. So this is November 2nd. So three days ago by Greg Piper, P-I-P-E-R. <clears throat> I don't know who said what? Water break. I think the change there is, is affecting my voice. Either that I'm shouting a lot these days. All right. So he says a fifth minute drive from Camp David presidential, the Camp David presidential retreat. Again, that's in Maryland. A low rated zoo gave the National Institute of Health several bats. Okay, we've heard this before, right? To infect with a coronavirus from the same Chinese lab that some federal agencies believe is responsible for the SARS-CoV-2, in other words, COVID outbreak, according to a new investigation and published research. The White Coat Waste Project. This is, this is the first I've heard of them, too. So all these groups are out there doing all this incredible work, and you don't really hear about them until they, they, they discover it. It's like uh, Open the Books. We didn't know about Open the Books, you know, which goes into uh, uh, government waste, fraud, and abuse uh, until they had the report on the militarization um, of the government. And so they talked about all the military surplus going to police and military stuff going to SWAT teams in the federal government and the fact that we uh, have 200 and uh, – what is it, 78,000, um, no, yeah, 278,000 armed bureaucrats. That's bigger than most armies. The, the human military is only 40,000, just by comparison. They just declared war in Israel. So the White Coat Waste Project, which fights taxpayer funding of wasteful government animal experiments. So these are, these are real animal rights folks, okay, uh, said Monday. And it's a wasteful government animal experiment. So they're not, I don't think they're against all animal experiments. They're against wasteful ones. 
You know, uh, Dr. Fascist, when he had all those beautiful uh, beagles that they were torturing uh, in Europe somewhere. And uh, that was him. There's no reason for that experiment. But, uh, you know, serial killers, they, they get their start torturing small animals and killing them. So it would make sense to me that Dr. Fascist would uh, be involving uh, lab experiments, torturing small animals for no reason, because he's that kind of person. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, boy, that's funny. Um, so Pianchi and, and uh, Marco are kind of debating on live chat right now. And it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You guys go at it. I'll just keep, I'll keep doing my article. <laughs> this is the fun. This is why you have to listen live because if you listen live, you can, you can catch the live chats. Live chats are great. All right. So anyway, so back to this here. The White Coat uh, Waste Project, which fights taxpayer funding of wasteful government animal experiments, said Monday it's using Freedom of Information Act requests to get more details about the taxpayer-funded experiments documented in a 2018 paper in the journal Viruses. Uh-huh. 2018 paper. Hmm, isn't that a year before COVID? Let's click on that and see what comes up. Uh, National Library of Medicine, viruses. Uh, here we go. SARS-like coronavirus W1V1-CoV does not replicate in Egyptian fruit bats. Does not replicate in Egyptian fruit bats. Does not replicate in Egyptian fruit bats, which means coronavirus does not come from bats. When was this paper done? December 19th, 2018. This is right after, um, this would be right after event 201, the, the dress rehearsal for COVID. And so you never heard about this report because they had to have the, the whole COVID epidemic uh, and they based it on Wuhan bats, but this just proves that it doesn't replicate in bats. And they knew that in 2018. So once again, the lies, the conspiracy, the real conspiracy, this is a fake conspiracy, this is a real conspiracy, right? Uh, everybody knew about it, but uh, and of course, uh, Dr. Fascist knew about this, and you know, probably Deborah Burks and Redfield and all the other, uh, you know, the health Nazis that uh, Dr. Fascist works with. They all knew this. In fact, it was. Let me see if I can find some names here. Ralph Barrick, he's a, he's a cited in here. Uh, other people I don't recognize, but Ralph Barrick is the big one. Yeah. Oh, here's a weird name, Trenton Bushmaker. Mm, good for you. Then it says abstract. Several acute respiratory syndromes, SARS like WV1 coronaviruses, uh, uh, was first isolated from rhino, something or other bats, <laughs> uh, and can use the human antiotensin converting enzyme, blah, 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 receptor in the current study. We investigate W1V1 COVID, don't know what that is, to infect bats. No clinical signs were observed throughout the experiment. Furthermore, only four something or other swabs and two respiratory tissues isolated on post-day three inoculation were found positive for viral RNA. Hmm. Interesting. So it says emerging infectious diseases, this is the introduction, emerging infectious diseases form a significant threat to human population. Uh-huh. The natural history of viruses in animal reservoirs and their ability to infect the human host is important to predict the risk of spillover events and subsequent epidemics. Well, let's, of course, you cause them. <laughs> the World Health Organization has identified a list of top emerging diseases likely to cause major epidemics. Well, wasn't that convenient? The list includes severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus, SARS-CoV, which caused a pandemic in 2002-2003. SARS-CoV is hypothesized to originate from bats since several SARS-like viruses have been detected in this host. Well, that's not necessarily the case, because as we learn later, because they're, they're made in a lab. Uh, yeah, it goes on to talk more about bats. Okay. Uh, oh, ethics statement. Animal experiments were approved by the Institutional Animal Care and Use Committee of the Rocky Mountains Laboratories. This is from Montana. Experiments were performed with the following guidelines. Yeah, da, da, da. Uh, 
Uh, see if, oh, here we go. Here's what gets interesting. Spike Incorporation. Now, as you know, the spike proteins are the things that, uh, you know, that you get from the, the, the COVID shot that are causing the huge blood clots and the massive uh, cancers and heart attacks and brain tumors and all the other stuff, the, the, you know, all the things that are happening. But it says right here, Spike Incorporation. In other words, it wasn't there before. They had to put it in, right? So this is equivalent volumes of VSV reporter particles, including encoding luciferase. Okay, that lucifer, you know, Satan, <laughs> luciferase. We've heard about that before. So MERS-CoV, that's the MERS virus, spike or SARS-CoV spike were concentrated. Interesting word, concentrated. That's gain of function, folks, all right? Over at OptiPrep cushion, uh, over an OptiPrep cushion. Da, 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 da. So they concentrated the spike proteins. That's, that's your giveaway right there. So in 2018, they knew the spike proteins were, were amazingly dangerous, but that's what they needed for the gain of function to make COVID more deadly. Fascinating. They just admit it right here in 2018. 20, was it 18 or 19? Uh, 2018. I'm sorry. This is a year before Event 201. I misspoke. Event 201 was in October of 2019. COVID was basically released right after that. Uh, showed up in December and January. Uh, this is 2018. This is a year before Event 201. So they already knew they were incorporating spike proteins, uh, doing gain-of-function research in 2018, and yet, and yet, no one said anything. What a surprise. All right, let's go back to our article here. Uh, Former National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director, Dr. Anthony Fascist. <laughs> Sorry, Fauci oversaw the NIH's Rocky Mountain Laboratories. Now, did Dr. Fascist ever volunteer the fact that there was a Rocky Mountain Laboratory? In all of his hearings, in all of his testimony, in all of his speeches, in all of his hearings, did he ever say anything about this? And the answer, of course, is a rhetorical no, he did not. Why? Because he didn't want it coming out that they were spike proteining, gain of functioning coronavirus in 2018, a year before they uh, rehearsed the pandemic event and controlled the media in Event 201, uh, and then uh, brought the world COVID you know, in 2020, so they could steal the 2020 election. I mean, it's just like, you know, the, it's brilliant in their, in, in, and diabolical at the same time. Anyway, this is former National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. All right, so this is a Dr. Fascist oversaw the NIH's Rocky Mountain Laboratories in Montana when it did research with bats from Maryland's Cato, Catoctin Wildlife Preserve, whose director of animal health, Laurie Han, H-A-H-N, Han, is a former NIH lead veterinary technician for animal research. Well, that's convenient too. So the person that runs the Maryland's Wildlife Preserve is a former Dr. Fascist, you know, disciple. Hmm, that's convenient too. Then it says the virus's paper authored by the Montana Lab researchers and Wuhan Institute of Virology collaborator Ralph Barrick, we've heard his name a bunch of times, of the University of North Carolina, determined that the SARS-like WIV1 coronavirus first isolated from Chinese Rufus horseshoe bats, could not cause a robust infection. Could not cause a robust infection. So if it couldn't cause a robust infection, it's not good for, for a pandemic, is it? Right? This is not going to cause a robust infection. So they have to gain its function to make it cause a robust infection. See how all this works? Right? And that's in the 12 Egyptian fruit bats from the zoo. Well, we just read that the fruit bats and Egyptian fruit bats. We just read that from the NIH study, you know, Five minutes ago. Huh. It says four were euthanized and tested. It's a bit late then after you euthanized them. Then it says the paper doesn't say which zoo employee signed off on the bats transfer to NIH, but WCW suspects Han played an instrumental role. Yeah, of course Fauci's Dr. Fascist, you know, uh, uh, 
you know, millions are going to do his work for him. Then it says, WC, he's the most evil man on the planet, I swear. Dr. Fresh is the most evil man on the planet. Because he doesn't care. He's, he's absolutely, he's, he's pure psychopath. He's just power and money. And it doesn't matter who gets killed, no matter what. And he can just lie. He can just absolutely lie through his teeth. And to him, it's just like a day at the office. Okay? Most people cannot lie completely. They usually give it away. They feel a slight twinge of bad. Or they, they just, there's always that, that, uh, that last reserve of humanity that uh, you know, causes them not to want to lie. So he doesn't have it because he's a total psychopath. He just lies. He lies like he breathes. He lies like he wakes up in the morning. He lies, he lies, he lies, he lies. And yesterday's lies are covered by today's lies. Today's lies will be covered by tomorrow's lies. And so it goes on. Lies, lies, lies every day. All right. Han, had, Han H-A-H-N, has been frequently identified as the curator of the zoo going back to 2017. Oh, goes back even further. That's when uh, 2017 is when Moderna gave their TED Talk saying we have hacked the software of life. In other words, they've created a messenger RNA gene shot um, that uh, can change your DNA. Hmm. That's what they're giving you instead of, uh, you know, so, so no one's getting uh, immunity from COVID with a COVID shot. They're getting a DNA, you know, genetic change. That's what they're getting. Uh, and a lot of people are dying from it. A whole lot of people. Anyway, so it says uh, the curator of the zoo, a role that encompasses acquiring animals, transferring animals, research, and other duties relating to, and it says acquiring animals, transferring animals, research, there we go, and other duties related to managing the zoo's population of animals, yeah, including uh, killing them for, you know, coronavirus, uh, or at least, you know, and testing for their, what, what the coronavirus did after they, after they euthanized the bats. It says her involvement is especially likely in this case where they have a personal history with the recipient. Hmm, I told you that. WCW provided just the news, an agriculture department of inspection report. What's the agriculture department doing in this? From April, that shows that the zoo had 241 bats, but 41 of them, uh, of the Egyptian fruit bats, were used in NIH research. How many bats does the zoo need? 241? It seems like a lot of bats to me. It sounds like they're supplying them for lab work. It doesn't sound like people are going, oh, look, you know, come here, kids. Here are the bats. All 251 of them. I don't think so. But anyway, it says the last little bit. In blog posts, the USDA fined the zoo $12,000 in 2012 for five years of violations, including poor treatment of animals and failure to adequately train a zoo worker who was mauled as a result. Yeah, it's not a good zoo. Charity Navigator, which rates nonprofits based on several metrics, gives the zoo a 56% rating and one out of four stars due to missing accountability metrics, among other lapses. Yeah, this, is, this lab is like a, this is like a mess lab. <laughs> this is like a, a government front company. This is like a money laundering operation. So this is, a, this is instead of child trafficking, they're bat trafficking. So this is a bat. This is a government bat tracking on trafficking operation, so they can have lamb animals, so they can gain the function of their, you know, not quite robust enough infection that doesn't apparently transfer in Egyptian fruit bats until they have gained a function to make a transfer. It's fascinating. All right, that's just one article. We got two more. <laughs> Let's take a quick break here, uh, and I got the next one is from the Western Journal, and this is Fauci-run lab in Montana experimented with coronavirus strain years before pandemic. So each of these news stories has a little bit different take on it which is why I like doing it. So let me just check, double check my, uh, my time here. Check my own. Then I'll read all these messages from all these guys. <laughs> it's a lot of messages. 731. 731 uh, on Action Radio here. And I've got your text in case there was any doubt in your mind. I'm going to play a couple things and I'll come back and I'll get you two more stories. And then we'll get to our, our classic interview with Larry Downs Jr., who is our videographer, who is doing the social media full coverage of our January 7th 
Everybody says it should be January sixth. I'm sorry, January sixth was a Saturday. It's 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 uh that's much more that's that's the they, they say for weddings. Okay, so this is what we're doing on a Sunday. All right. Play this, be right back. If it works. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive 
is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Let me uh, move my things around a little bit here. Let's get to back on our news theme. I like playing these things. Music is much impact news has on you. So uh, let's uh, let's in this one for a while. I just like the news teletype because it's funny. Because <laughs> nobody knows what that is if you're, you know, under 30. You have no, you have no idea because everything appears on on computer screens. But they actually used to type up. There was a uh, first of all, we had the manual typewriter, then we had the electric typewriter, which was still manual because you you touch the keys. And then we uh, we had a wire service that actually had stuff come in by what they call the teletype. And so there'd be a, a like a ball in the center, it would, it would, or like you know the keys would be struck automatically from an electronic signal, and it would type up news, and you know, and then, and then they'd rip it off and they'd run it into the, the the radio news announcer or the TV announcer, and you know, you know, literally they were they're tearing out stories I and mean, they're reading it directly, you know, off the wire as they say. Well, the wire was the wire service, and that's where that that sound comes from. All right, so the Western Journal, uh, interesting news source. And, and this is a, their headline is Fauci run lab in Montana experimented with coronavirus strain years before the pandemic. And this is Jack Davis, November 1st. So yesterday, uh, and, and of course, my last story was written, I think, this morning. <laughs> so anyway, it's pretty recent. So we're, we're sort of moving out. So we get the history, then we get to so this is how fast the news changes. So this is almost like a study in news. Almost two years before coronavirus became a household household word, a National Institute of Health lab in Montana was conducting experiments with bats that focused on the spread of the virus. Now, the question is, were they, focus, were they, were they doing experiments on bats to see how the virus spread, or were they doing experiments to see how they could spread the virus? <laughs> Those are two completely different questions, right? It says the two, 2018 research was funded by the Intramural Research Program of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, NIAID, National Institute of Health, NIH, and a research grant from NIH AID. 
and, and you know who runs all that stuff? Dr. Fascist. <laughs> he doesn't run the NIH, but he does run the NIAID, and he does give out the grants. So he's the money. He's the bag, bag man. He's the bag man for the money. He gives out the money. He's a paper pusher, and uh, he's one that uh, claims all kinds of stuff and gets rich off royalties and licenses. And he's the one, if you want the money, baby, if you want the health money grants, you got to do it. Uh, yeah, you got to do what Dr. Fascist wants you to do. Yeah, because he talks like this, right? You've seen him up in the news. Yeah, Senator, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. Anyway, that, that's probably scary accurate. <laughs> I shouldn't do that too much. I've given myself the creeps, right? Anyway, so this is according to a report uh, on the study available through the National Library of Medicine. Now, the National Library of Medicine is, is like the Freedom of Information Act online because <laughs> they have all the stuff. They just keep publishing things. Uh, so if you want to know what's going on, the National Library of Medicine uh, is very open, very honest, and is a great source of information. For some reason, they're not hiding – well, they might be, but, I mean, the things that they publish I find quite fascinating. All right, so the, the article goes on at the time. Dr. Anthony uh, Fascist <laughs> was the director of NIAID, a post he held from 1984, interesting year, until his retirement in 2022. Yeah, right, like he retired. This is the research was conducted at the Rocky Mountain Laboratories in Montana, which NIAID calls a premier NIH facility for biomedical research. Yeah, except we've never heard of it. So who knew there was a Rocky Mountains lab in Montana? I didn't know. This is the experiment sought to determine whether the W1V1 coronavirus, see, this is a new term. Who knew about W1V1 coronavirus? I didn't. This is, could infect and replicate in a group of 12 Egyptian fruit bats. Now, why would they want to know if it can replicate in fruit bats? Because obviously, if the cover story is that it came from bats, it has to be able to replicate in bats. If the, if the virus that they've created does not replicate in bats, you cannot blame bats for having it transfer to humans because it won't even transfer in bats. So this is part of the cover story. See how this all fits, right? It says they performed exams on the animals daily and measured things like body weight and temperature. That's how they know what symptoms there were so they could tell people what symptoms there were, right? This is from the Daily Mail. Daily Mail is a British paper. Let's click on that and see what they say. We'll get them in a minute. Daily Mail revealed Anthony Fauci-run lab in Montana experimented with coronavirus strain shipped in from Wuhan a year before COVID pandemic began. Well, guess what? We're going to take this right now. Let's do that. Let's copy it here. I don't want too many windows open on my page. Take this. I'll move this here. I'll slide it along my red expanding coronavirus article list, and we'll put it. Hang on. Let's see if I can get to it. I'm just. I'm. This is. I'm talking that way. I can keep my websites down. Do that here. There it is. Go back to the one I was reading. That's not the one I was reading. Is that what I was reading? Boy, I'm out of it today. No, I read just the news. Uh, I guess I'm on one. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. Don't mind. <laughs> <Never> mind. <laughs> I'm organized. I really am. Uh, so we'll take that out, and we're back to back to where we started. So it says the Daily Mail says on three days on these on day three seven of the twenty eight. Well, let me start again. Daily, the Daily Mail reported scientists also took samples from the bats' noses and throats. Did they shove them up the noses like they shoved them up people's noses? Just curious. It says, on days 3, 7, and 28, four of the bats were euthanized, and their heart, liver, kidney, spleen, bladder, reproductive organs, eyes, and brain were co- collected for analysis. Well, that's interesting. Scientists also analyzed white blood cell counts and antibodies. Are they making sure that the virus is effective <laughs> or the cure? Sounds like the virus, right? Gain of function. This is the report on the experiment said that the virus was unable to cause a robust infection in the bats, later concluding that spread of the virus could be specific to some bat species, but not others. 
Uh-huh. So they found the bat species where they transferred the coronavirus, and that's the one they blamed on it. Hmm. See how this all fits together? The report also noted that existing research suggests that a substantial portion of the SARS-like viruses circulating in bats cannot, in fact, say that again. The report also noted that existing research suggests that a substantial portion of the SARS-like viruses, that is COVID-1, COVID-2, and the other COVIDs that are conveniently there, right, all the COVIDs, okay, circulating in bats cannot infect humans directly. Hmm. Which means they can't transfer in a Wuhan wet lab. Got it? This is COVID-19 was first reported in China in late 2019. Well, they were creating it in 2018, so, so they must be distributing it in China in 2019, right? Extensive debate has since raised whether the virus spread to humans through some yet as undiscovered animal pathway, right, or was leaked from the Institute of Virology in Wuhan, China, where the outbreak was first noticed. Well, it might have been in other places, but maybe they called it something else. So here's the question. It seems to have appeared all around the world, like at the same time, in Italy, in, in, in the United States, in different countries, uh, England. So it sort of appeared like really fast. So it was probably distributed. Then it was discovered. And then they, told, they said what it was. You know, and then they say, oh, we've got that too. Oh, yeah, we got that. We were calling it, uh, you know, Chinese flu, <laughs> you know, whatever they were calling it. But that's how, how it seems to work. Then it says, Fauci has scoffed at the lab leak theory. Of course he has, because he knows it's true, right? He has also insert, insisted that no gain-of-function research was approved on his watch. Well, we know that's a lie too, right? Such research is designed to increase the power of the virus to do harm to its host. Well, why would you do that if you weren't going to do harm to its host? In other words, they made the, the virus more powerful so it would infect more people because it wasn't, quote, robust enough when they first created it. Hmm. Interesting. So they had to gain its function. They had to make it function better. That's what gain of function means. Back to the article. The bats for the 2018 project were obtained from the Katokin Wildlife Preserve and Zoo in Thurmont, Maryland. So why would you take bats all the way from uh, Thurmont, Maryland to Wuhan, China? Doesn't that seem a bit extreme for an experiment? Especially when you're trying to help people, why wouldn't you just experiment on them here? No, they had to go to Wuhan, China. Mm-hmm. It says the zoo is not far from the presidential retreat at Camp David. Oh, that might be very convenient. And who was president in 2018? Did Trump visit Camp David? Not really much. So who was at Camp David when Trump was not there? Just a, just a thought. I'm just asking the questions. Who was at Camp Because I don't remember Trump ever going to Camp David. He would go to Mar-a-Lago. He would go to Trump Tower in New York. He would go anywhere, but he didn't go to Camp David. So if he wasn't doing, if he wasn't there in Camp David, and Camp David is, is staffed twenty four seven, who was at Camp David? We'll ask about the we'll ask the White Coat uh, Waste Project. Anyway, it says the the activist group White Coat Waste <laughs> activist group uh, said the site has a history of animal care violations and called it a crummy roadside zoo. Well, it's a front. It's like a money laundering thing. You know, it's like, calling, it's like calling a money laundering operation a bank. <laughs> it's like calling this place a zoo. This is Anthony Bellotti, B-E-L-L-O-T-T-I, the president and founder of White Coat Waste, announced the project in a statement. Ah, he said, see, you see how each story has different information? This is why I like covering different stories. He says, our investigation has uncovered the real-life horror story of how a shady roadside zoo whose curator was an NIH animal experimenter shipped bats to a deadly government virus lab overseen by Dr. Fascist, my word, to be infected with a coronavirus obtained directly from the Wuhan lab that experts believe caused COVID. Doesn't that sum it up nicely? So let's go. Let's, let's go. We should get Anthony Bellotti on the show. So Anthony Bellotti, president and founder of White Coat Waste, said this, and I'll, I'll use Dr. Fauci's words so I actually give the quote correctly. He says, our investigation has uncovered the real-life horror story of how a shady roadside zoo 
whose curator was an NIH animal experimenter, shipped off bats to a deadly government virus lab overseen by Dr. Fauci to be infected with a coronavirus obtained directly from the Wuhan lab that experts believe called, caused COVID. He said, according to the post-millennial, uh, every more, oh, there we go. And that's according to the post-millennial. So that's the source that they're quoting. Right, let me do one more of these. Uh, do, 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 do. All right, that's a different one. That's a different one. I read that one. Let's see what this one is. Oh, here's Federal Observer. This is the last one. Then I'll probably take another break and, and come back and play you uh, uh, an interview. And then who knows what I'm going to do? Well, we've, we've got other stories. The, actually, there is another story that might be interesting after the break um, to cover. I didn't really cover it as well as I wanted to. I, I still like to keep people's minds on the uh, unexplained deaths. Tafari Campbell, Obama's chef, um, the, the gentleman in, who was killed in Nevada by the FBI stormtroopers, um, and there's other mysterious deaths that are out there. And uh, we got to keep it in mind. Anyway, this article is the Federal Observer. Uh, that's the website. And it says, Anthony Fauci-run lab in Montana experimented with coronavirus strain shipped in from Wuhan a year before COVID pandemic began. So they're saying that the, the Montana lab got it from Wuhan. See, that's, that's, that's a different part of the story. This is from, this is probably the most recent one. Uh, where's the date on this one? Come on, guys. Got to date your articles. I know it's here somewhere. Let me check the bottom of the article. Uh, written by Andrew R. Arthur for the Daily Mail. So this is, this is taken from the Daily Mail, October 31st, two days ago. Three days ago. Summer 1st, November, yeah, anyway, two days ago. Anthony Fauci run, run lab in Montana experimented with coronavirus strains shipped in from a Wuhan, from Wuhan a year before COVID pandemic began. There we go. Let me just check live chat, see if anybody's. Oh, the still uh, Pianchi and uh, Pianchi's doing a bunch of things on live chat. Really interesting stuff. All right, back to my article. U.S. taxpayer money was used to experiment with coronaviruses from the Chinese lab thought to be the source of the COVID pandemic more than a year before the global outbreak an investigation has found. So they took it from North Carolina, Ralph Barrick, to Wuhan, gain a function, brought it back to, North, the, brought it back to Montana, it looks like. See if I can get the, the straight in my head here. This is the National Institutes of Health, NIH, under Dr. Fascist, under Dr. Fascist leadership, infected 12 Egyptian fruit bats with the SARS-like virus called WIV1 or W1B1 at a lab in Montana in 2018, just 15 minutes away from the Maryland presidential retreat. Okay, there we go. W1B1 coronavirus was shipped from the Wuhan lab. Uh, the FBI believes, uh, oh, that's interesting. Let's see the, the WIV, instead of COV, this is WIV. One, coronavirus was shipped from the Wuhan lab. The FBI believes caused the COVID pandemic and was tested on bats acquired from the roadside Maryland Zoo. How'd the FBI get in this? How can we have heard of the FBI before? Wait a minute. This is new information. This is the research revealed this week by a campaign group. (laughs) That'd be the White Coat Waste Project. Determined the novel virus could not cause a robust infection. Yeah. And we know why, right? So they had to gain a function. We, we, all right, we've been through that. But the research is more evidence to ties between the U.S. government and the Wuhan lab. See, this is where it gets interesting, right? As well as the funding of dangerous virus research across the globe. Now, they've got coronavirus experiments on bats in 2018. They've got a big graphic here. Catechin Wildlife Reserve, that's the, that's the Maryland Zoo. Rocky Mountain Laboratories, we just talked about them. Camp David, then this is Wuhan's Institute of Virology. Um, and they've got that listed. Then they've got where Chinese scientists have found several new concerning viruses. So you got the map of uh, 
I'm not sure what this map is. <laughs> map is somewhere, some island somewhere. Anyway, oh, oh, this is like an area of China. Eight novel viruses, including one belonging to the same family as COVID, were found in labs across China. Oh, these are Chinese labs. Ah, okay, so Chinese labs. In Lingxi, Sanya, Ledong, Dongfang, Basha, Tunchang, Chen Mai, Haikou, Lingao. And then, and then, of course, is Wuhan on top of that, right? So they said these are uh, species where scientists have found several new concerning viruses. So China looks like they're, they're ramping up a whole bunch of different viruses. Isn't that special? Then it says recent U.S. taxpayer-funded animal experiments in China. And you've got Peking University, China Medical University, Wuhan Institute, uh, Wajong University, Chinese Academy of Agricultural Sciences, Sciences Institute Pasteur. That would be Louis Pasteur discovered pasteurizing. Uh, Zhangling, et cetera, et cetera. All right, so there, so a lot, a lot of stuff going on in China. It's a busy place when it comes to uh, viruses. Then it's just the paper. SARS-like coronavirus, WIV1, COV, does not replicate in Egyptian fruit bats. Okay, we got this, a third confirmation of that. Was published in the journal Viruses in 2018. The study was first flagged by Drastic, D-R-A-S-T-I-C, a group of internet activists who investigate the origins of COVID-19 and the lab leak theory. So there's a new group for you, Drastic, all right? This is the group White Coat Light Waste Project is now using the Freedom of Information Act to request more details about the experiment. The White Coat Waste Project is a watchdog that has been fighting to stop sending American tax dollars overseas to fund dangerous virus research. Good plan. The 2018 experiment was carried out at the NIH's Rocky Mountain Laboratories in Montana, which is overseen by Dr. Fascist. The research was a joint venture between the NIH's Rocky Mountain Laboratories Wuhan Institute of Virology, collaborator Ralph Barrick in the University of North Carolina. This sounds like it's old news. I think I pretty much covered this. Yeah, this is the same stuff I read in a different article. So there you go. Nice pictures of the Wuhan lab. See if I can find something new. Oh, here we go. Uh, let me pick up here a bit. Okay. Record show. This is we're talking about. Uh, this is located in Thurmont, Maryland, less than 50 minutes from Camp David. The Caddokin Wildlife Preserve, that's the zoo, that's the dumpy zoo by the roadside, right? Has a history of animal welfare violations. It was fined $12,000 in 12 for poor and dangerous animal housing and inadequate animal care. Well, that's not good for a zoo. Records show the preserve can find 523 federally regulated animals as of April 2023 including 241 bats, of which 41 were Egyptian fruit bats that we knew. Then it says a visitor left a, reserve, a review last month. How is this place even legal? This is, this is a visitor, right? So the review says, I left heartbroken and sad. This and the enclosures are so small and not well kept. That sounds like an animal experiment place, right? It says this place is so unkempt, it's awful. It needs to be shut down. You can see the pain in these animals' eyes. Something has to be done about this place. Well, it wasn't an animal preserve. It was a laboratory. See, that's why, right? So this is, the article says, this is not a preserve. It's a place where animals are sent to suffer and be on display for the humans. Disgusting. Then it says, despite the lack of transmission in bats in 2018, similar dangerous research on viruses that could spark another pandemic have been ongoing across the globe for years. Yeah, so they're not, they're not finding ways to stop a pandemic. They're finding ways to start one. See, that's the difference, right? This is what makes us so evil. Then it says, and while there is debate over whether the pandemic began because a virus jumped from the animals to humans or it was leaked from the lab in China, the lab leak theory is what the FBI and other government agencies now subscribe to. 
So I'm surprised at the FBI. I mean, you don't hear Chris Ray coming out and saying, yep, yep, we know what happened. <laughs> it was leaked from a Chinese lab. He's not saying that. This is more recently the Daily Mail, which article I'll get to maybe after the break, maybe uh, I'll save it, revealed last week Chinese virus hunters have been tinkering with novel pathogens that have a high probability of infecting humans, despite concerns similar experiments led to the COVID outbreak. So they're, they're doing even more with more viruses. These people are insane. Dailymail.com also reported in August that millions of U.S. taxpayer dollars are being sent to shady laboratories in China to fund cruel and dangerous experiments on animals. Where's PETA? Hey, PETA, how come you're not in China? People for the ethical treatment of animals. They don't want lab experiments at all on animals. I'm not crazy about them either. Anyway, it says, despite the shipment of funds across the world, America actually performs the most gain-of-function virus research. <gasps> I'm shocked by that. I'm shocked that we do the research we're, we're uh, condemning. We're denying. <laughs> gain-of-function experiments involve making pathogens more infectious or deadly. That's right from the article. Advocates say the tests help science get ahead of future outbreaks. No, it helps them cause future outbreaks. Right? But critics say the risks of a leak outweigh any potential benefits especially an intentional leak, right? So these fears prompted U.S. officials to quietly shut down a taxpayer-funded $125 million project last month that hunted for new viruses. Oh, so they want even more viruses to, to make deadly. Oh, this is fascinating. So the program Deep VZN, pronounced Deep Vision, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, right, was launched in October 2021 with the aim, oh, isn't that right before the, uh, no, they came out in 2020. What's October 2021? Huh. Anyway, this is with the aim of finding and studying novel pathogens in wildlife in Asia, Africa, and Latin America. While the research was meant to prevent human outbreaks with pandem- and pandemics, critics, including the Biden administration officials, or we were calling the, the Brandon Obama illegal uh, coup uh, officials, were afraid it would do the opposite and voice their fears about the potentially catastrophic risks of virus hunting. Yeah, Obama stopped the, the gain-of-function research. Now, did he stop it because he didn't believe in it? Probably not. He stopped it because he didn't want the liability of having it be discovered on his watch that this was going on. This is self-preservation. This was ass-covering. Because I think Obama is, is up to his you know, eyeballs in this kind of stuff anyway. Last thing, it says, in a statement from the, the president and founder of WCW, Anthony Bellotti said, oh, yeah, that's the thing I read before. Okay, so we're pretty much done. All right, and we're pretty much, if that comes from Daily Mail, then we're done with that, too. I think we're done. <laughs> Let's take another break here. Um, my voice is fading fast today. This is not fun. It's not good for a radio host. All right, 7.58. We're going to get into our, our um, other interview in just a bit anyway. Let me play a couple more things here. Isn't this fun? Uh, okay, so live chat's quietened up a little bit. Yeah, I'll get you some more stuff here, guys, in a bit. Play that, play that, play that. And yeah, what is it now? Yep, 758. We'll be right back. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments, and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, W-Y-L, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Great Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is greatcare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-Care.com. You can email them 
at greatcare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Anyway, you want to help us out, uh, we are looking for sponsors for our citizen legislation. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60 second spots available for your announcements. And we have three minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis for Strikeforce, your source for pure energy. Strikeforce is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strikeforce, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code, WYL, to the discount code window at checkout. WYL comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed. Dangerously cool. So, some sad news. I recently found out that uh, a friend of mine who uh, came up with uh, the idea for Dangerously Cool just said it one day on a phone call. I said, I'm stealing that. <laughs> That's really good. Uh, is in hospice care and won't be with us much longer, which is really sad. Um, I'm, I'm losing, we're all losing too many people, too many friends. Now, this could be uh, natural. I don't have all the details yet. Um, we, you know, we talked a lot, but not, not a whole lot recently, obviously. Um, but it's just, it's just really sad, you know, and I think of the people that, uh, that I've lost already um, due to this whole COVID thing. Dr. Peter Pry, uh, I think from the COVID shot, 
uh, Eric Holly, who created our website, writeyourlaws.com, um, and uh, all those great graphics, all the things he brought to it uh, on a hospital ventilator, and just other folks uh, that, uh, you know, I have friends. Uh, Josie talks about the people that she's lost in her church for the COVID shot, uh, different people around. This is it's tragic. And, and it's like it, all of a sudden they're just not there. You know, they're just not there. And it's very strange. It's uh, it's not being reported that much. It's just there's a lot of things missing, but they're simply not there. All right, let's uh, change things around a little bit here. I'm going to save that article and save my voice, you know, for for a little bit later here. I want to play you uh, um, uh, one of my WEBY classic interviews, and this is Larry Downs Jr. Larry is a character. Larry is a plumber. He's like a third generation plumber, uh, just a real down to earth, blue collar, regular guy. He's got the accent, you know, the local accent to prove it. And it's interesting, uh, Larry's a citizen advocate, too. Uh, so he spends a lot of time and a lot of his own money uh, investigating government corruption. And so I had to have him on the show. Uh, I was introduced to him by one of uh, then-Commissioner uh, Doug Underhill. Uh, Doug is Navy. I think he's Navy Reserve now, but he was Navy Intelligence, uh, anti-terrorism, and does all kinds of things he can't tell me about, which is too bad. Because uh, these days, I should get him back on. Uh, in fact, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to see if I can get Doug uh, back on and talk about uh, terrorism and, and the open border. That'd, that'd, be, that'd be great for an update. Uh, I want to get Larry back on the show, too, talk about videoing our event. So the event we have coming up is Citizen Legislation Day. It is the world's first. Uh, we, 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 on a regular basis, we do firsts around here. You know, first to write a bill on the air, first to get it to a sitting member of Congress and get approval, uh, first to have a website where anybody can write a bill and talk about it on a radio show, you know, first to have guests talk about the things that we talk about with them. I mean, the first go on and on. Um, you know, first actually get our bills written by a radio show, you know, two members of Congress, two state legislatures, two local governments. And the list goes on. So Citizen Legislation Day is going to be another first, uh, one of the many firsts, um, like I say. And so we've got Dr. Judy Mikovits is coming. Uh, Mario Prado, the producer of The Falcon, I found out he's going to be there now. Uh, we're going to have some other guests we're working on. We've got sponsors. Uh, so if you want to be a sponsor, um, you've got the information right there on your broadcast page. You know, you can contribute directly at paypal.me slash action radio, radio, uh, paypal.me uh, slash action radio or venmo.com slash action radio. It's right there in your broadcast page. It's on every broadcast page. So you don't have to memorize it now. Just just go there uh, and uh, contributions uh, graciously accepted. If you want to advertise on the show, um, just contact me. Web, my, my email is right there, greg at writeyourlaws.com. Uh, and away you go there, too. So we're, we're going to be looking for some big accounts as the show grows. And so that we can have a staff and, and get this worldwide and have our own, uh, you know, Center for Citizen Legislation, which would be a worldwide clearinghouse um, to do what we do best, which is here. So we're building an entire movement, uh, business, uh, uh, a new type of broadcasting. We're just, we're, you know, everybody here is a pioneer. Everybody. That includes Marco and Pianchi, who are on live chat right now. That, uh, that's what we do. So anyway, so Larry's going to video the whole thing and put it on social media. So we've already got guaranteed worldwide uh, media coverage of the entire event. I want more. <laughs> I want C-SPAN. I want BBC. I want some other places. But right now we've got Larry. And so uh, this is a recording that we made uh, back in January. It's about four months before uh, uh, a rival radio station bought uh, WBY and fired all of us. <laughs> Me first. Uh, but before that happened, we did some incredible things. And people called in. It was very popular locally. We were starting to grow uh, uh, a bigger audience nationally. I don't think we had too much internationally at that point, but it was definitely growing nationally uh, with online internet stuff getting bigger and bigger. And of course, with Trump in office, you know, all the Republicans were like, yeah, this is great stuff. This is what we want to do. You know, start, let's start legislating. Anyway, so Larry Downs Jr., um, 
came to the studio and the uh, after I got you know connected to him through uh, Doug Underhill, uh, commissioner of Escambia County, which is the furthest uh, west county in Florida before you get to um, Alabama and Mobile across Mobile Bay. And so that's that's where we are. And we're in Santa Rosa County. They're in Escambia County. And then, of course, after that's Alabama. And so that's how it works. This is this is the South. I love it down here. I mean, damn, I'm going to be a Southerner. I stop talking like this. I stop talking like Larry. I'm going to sound like Larry Downs Jr. It's going to be great. <laughs> anyway, but his, his one's real. Mine's just, you know, again, I apologize to my redneck brethren. So let's get started with this. And you can hear how it was in 2018. And the potential. I mean, we had bills. There's a, there's a bill we talk about at the end of the interview. Uh, that's a fabulous study. I wanna, I've got to pick it up with uh, Larry and Doug and see if we can uh, continue that. And so it's almost like we, we had this, you know, this, this three-year drop-off with COVID. We're kind of picking up back where we were 2018, 2019. And so we'll get this going. All right. So again, any reference to WEBY or Northwest Florida's News and Talk Leader or, or the phone number 8506-something or other, none of that's accurate. All right. Our phone number here is 215 this is Action Radio or the Action Radio Citizen Legislature, and we're on blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. Let's get started. Talk to you at the end of the interview. And yeah, here we go. Oh, well, actually, you should put it on. I'll tell you why. Because you'll be able to hear yourself better. You have to take the hat off. Gotcha. I know. This is, this is a problem here. This is a, really. And then you can get yourself about four inches away from the microphone. Just right about here. Yeah, is it too loud? Too sharp? Right okay. <laughs> We're doing a little administrative stuff here. Don't mind us today. It's Martin Luther King Day. It's a holiday. And so all those folks who are not... Uh, you know, uh, commuting, working, and so that's just, actually we have a lot of people off work today, so it gives us a chance to uh, to call in and uh, and give us a shout. The number is eight five zero six two three thirteen thirty. And I was just trying to uh, to do a Facebook live broadcast. I'm going to play with that some more. I am not the most technical person in the world, so I'm still working on the, and trying that. And so, are, are you you doing the Facebook live thing? Yeah, you I got you know, it. Oh, so I, you know, cause I'm, I'm like by, behind like 16 different computers here. <laughs> okay, good. My guest is Larry Downs Jr. And uh, Larry, first of all, thank you for coming back. We had to we had to postpone a, a visit. We had like an emergency guest come in from somewhere. It was uh, I've forgotten exactly what happened, but it was kind of crazy. Yeah, well, I also got sick for about almost 12 weeks with oh, a cold flu. So yeah, so the flu is getting worse. Has that affected you? Uh, otherwise, I mean, 12 weeks—that's bad. Almost everybody at my shop has gotten it for really? several weeks at a time, yeah. and then it goes away, and then it comes back. Have you done any anecdotal testing, whether people are getting the flu shots or not, or how that's working? Uh, about half and half, and, uh, and, you know, with people I know, right. and they've still gotten it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, as I say, I mean, I heard up to 15% effective. 15. Yeah. Okay. And now I'm reading, I, I took a look at about six different sources, 10% effective. All right. Yep. So how is it the doctors can say that you have to get a flu shot? You're not doing well with the headsets, are you? No, I don't like that headset. <laughs> that's fine. Okay. So uh, that's fine. Just talk normally. Just you see where I am with the yep, microphone? Yep, you're do. fine. That's okay. So you think Larry's wearing a cowboy hat. So if you look at our uh, doing Facebook <laughs> Live right now, so it's a conflict. You can't wear a cowboy hat and put on a headset. It no. just doesn't work. Uh-uh. All right. So you first came to my attention, uh, Commissioner Doug Underhill. And, and tell me about you and some of the different uh, causes and crusades and the wonderful work you're doing. You're kind of like a citizen advocate. Or, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm basically a concerned citizen that okay. uh, voices my opinion any place that, that 
mainly that they don't want it. Well, that's the whole point. Yeah. That's good. You know, but that, that doesn't always win you a lot of, of favors and friends. But uh, people see a lot of people don't speak up for themselves. They they really like someone like you to come come forward and do it. But uh, you're gonna take some heat for it. Absolutely, and most and most of the people that I know, uh-huh. you know, have businesses and stuff like that, and they're afraid to do what I'm doing. Yeah, and and I can see why. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame them at all. Yeah. But somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Now you have your own business, right? Yes, sir. So you're you're not gonna fire yourself. Right, right, and and hopefully people you know who don't want to do this public publicly will yeah. still support me and my business and and our family business. Okay, you can mention it. Hey, you're here now. You can you can. Yeah. Say, what business are you in, Larry? What business are you in? Yeah, I'm looking like a commercial. Line. What business are you in, Larry? <laughs> I'm in the plumbing business, and it's Laydowns Junior Plumbing. And uh, my oldest son is is uh, I'm grooming him to to take it over. Is he excited about that? Absolutely. Oh, he, good. He's a, a USMC veteran. All right. And uh, he come back from serving and and he's thank uh, him for me. He's doing well. Yeah. I will. That's wonderful. Yeah. And especially, you know, we talked about the estate tax. We've talked about uh, how family farms people have to give those up because they can't pass it on. There's not a lot of folks that are that are passing on businesses. I don't think the millennials no uh, want to do things like like plumbing and electrical and and carpentry and construction. And why not? What's what's wrong with them? You should see the supply houses. All of us, we got four major ones in our town. Okay. And there's anywhere from 10 to 30 ads at each one of them looking for helpers, looking for plumbers. It's it, we're, we're, we're in trouble. Wow. Are there are there vocational, other training schools around here where people can get these qualifications? Uh, there. Well, George Stone used to do it, but they closed it down because they couldn't get enough students to cover it. They just, they just opened up a, a airplane mechanic facility. Well, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different type of uh, you know votex that okay. are that are interesting, right? And that's easy to advertise. Yeah, plumbing's not one of them. Wow. Well, plumbing takes that takes so many. It takes years. Job, you must be physically in good shape to do it. Okay. And you have to be intelligent. How many intelligent people are you going to talk into while learning other people's crap? <laughs> Family show. <laughs> Just a little buzzer there, but uh, but yeah, no and. You know, I mean, I didn't plan to talk about this, but most of the stuff I talk about, I don't plan to. But there, Mike Rowe is big on this, and he's, yes. talk, he's talking about. You know, what I'm talking about. I just watched him the other day again. Okay, what I was he saying? Him all the time. He he was talking about how there's uh, huge opportunities for yeah. people to to skip college and go to a technical field such yeah. or Votech field. Something you might be able to help me with because uh, I'm kind of a, a little bit of a citizen advocate myself. In fact, that's one of the main reasons I got into talk radio was to convert it to action radio, to actually not just talk about the issues but do something about them. Sure. And so I have a, uh, the current website is writeyourlaws.com. That's W-R-I-T-E, writeyourlaws.com. You'd be the perfect person to help design some kind of vocational tax credit uh, something that would allow people to more easily do this, to allow more schools to get set up. Sure. And what I would tie into it is um, is a situation where able-bodied people on welfare will not get a check unless you know uh, unless they they are engaged in some kind of training sure. that will lead to a job. Absolutely. Now, if you're willing to do that, I'd love to see it on my website. They should, yeah. Hey, I am willing to do that. Okay. And, and it, Right off the bat, I think yeah. they should be required to do something like 20 hours training in a Botech uh, program. Yeah. In order, if you're an able body, mm-hmm. able minded person. Yeah. And that would go for food stamps, that would go for welfare, for any Cross other kind the of board. stuff. Yeah, exactly. And we could take homeless people and, and, sure. and hopefully retrain and, and do something. Homeless vets, you know, we have a lot of veterans that uh, could probably use this training too. I looked up, I don't remember what the percentage was, but I looked it up and uh, it was surprisingly high. Yeah. 
of yeah. the, how many were. Have you been in touch with the veteran community at all? If you're looking for, are you looking for new people for your or company? Or are you all set for? Oh, right absolutely. Now? Every okay. time I, I've had a few over the years come in and apply. Okay. And every time I hire them. Yeah. Would you train somebody who knows nothing about plumbing from scratch, or do they have to have some kind of a background? Well, see, there's where our government gets involved again and has just about uh, made it financially unfeasible for us to do that. Okay. Because that's your second bill. Because of the yeah, <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I talk to people all the time, and I'm right. like, why would why would anybody yeah. hire somebody at an inflated minimum wage uh-huh. with no minimum skill? Yeah, and there you go. You're taking out an opportunity for somebody to start at a lower wage. Right. And well, if you had a training skill, wage, even if you had minimum wage, is a training wage. A training wage would be great if they would go below yeah. the minimum wage because me personally, I would pay somebody. Right. To a, and, you know, a trade. Yeah. The other problem is motivation, too, because if you're forcing somebody who'd rather be on welfare to work, they're not going to be your best worker. No, they're not. So we're, we're, we're conditioning, you know, the people forced into that. But if somebody's actually willing to do it, uh, yep. if they've come back, say they come back from the service with a, with a profession that's not really transferable, like tank driver. There's not a place you can do that in the civilian world. This might be the perfect thing. Or, or any of the mechanics who've worked on F-18s, you know, if that skill... Oh, I think airplane mechanics is, is sure. pretty good. But any technological, technological things. Drones. We had a drone story this morning. The county appraiser is using drones. You know, if you're a drone pilot, why not, you know, transfer that? So Absolutely. Plum, there's got to be plumbers in the military. They've got to keep the buildings going. Yep, they do. So, yeah, interesting. Okay. So let's get on to the, 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 your citizen advocacy work here. But, but those are two bills. Um, I don't know if you have – I've sent you the website, so if you have a chance to, to go over those at some point. We, oh, have, yeah. we have state legislators who listen. We have journalists who listen. We have um, – hopefully our congressperson gets a chance to listen as well yes. uh, when, when he's in town. Um, and, but, you know, so people do listen to the show and a lot of veterans listen across the country. And so if we can get this going here, we can create a model for other states to implement. So we fix our welfare program by requiring some kind of vocational work component. Um, we have opportunities, like you were saying earlier, make it profitable and economically possible for you to train people, you know, especially if we don't have the school set up. All these things we need to work on. Absolutely. Okay, so the phone number here, 850-623-1330, 850-AREA-CODE, <coughs> uh, Looks like we have a call coming in, and then what we'll do is, uh, Marshall's calling in. After we get to Marshall, I'm going to take a little break, and then we're going to get into uh, more of the actual campaigns that you have going. So Larry's got a whole folder here. Uh, <laughs> I just, how many folders did you bring? I brought about uh, eight. Obviously, you're going to have to come back. So I need to make you a regular <laughs> visitor. Yeah, I brought them just in case I needed proof. But uh, everything no, no, we'll that just, I do... We'll, we'll take them one yeah. at a time. We'll cover them until they're done. Then we'll uh, we'll move on. Sure. Good morning, Marshall. How are you? Outstanding. How about yourself? Having a great time. What, uh, what's your question for Larry? Uh, I wanted to see what his stand was on workman's comp because it's another thing. I have a painting business, and it makes it very hard to hire somebody because of the workman's comp requirements. And... To me, it's the protection racket that they had up north for years. You pay us, and we'll let you work. Well, yeah. Well, one of the things about the uh, you know work uh, workers' comp requirement is that it's uh, the government set it up to basically protect the worker in the event that the worker gets hurt. I think that there should be workers' comp requirements. Uh, and I'm not much for requirements based from government. But I think there should be some exemptions, such as if you have private insurance. 
you know, you're already paying insurance. Yeah. Why do you got to pay again? Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's ways that this should be streamlined and reduce the cost to, to us workers. I mean, it, why should I pay two different insurances? Well, and that makes sense, too, because employees who already have insurance, if you're covered under it, unless using it like auto insurance increases your premium somehow. So if you're, I don't know how that works with all insurance companies, but uh, I wonder if you use too much of it, is there a limit? Whereas workman's comp, it might be a different thing, and maybe your insurance doesn't cover you on the job because they mandate workman's comp. Yeah, and, and that could be the case, but also you have a certain mm-hmm. amount of uh, personal responsibility, so, right. you know... There's a lot of workers' comp cases that are fraudulent. Oh, that's a whole industry. That's a whole uh, industry, I, 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 including attorneys, et cetera. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so whenever you're talking about you know, ways to modify our existing laws mm-hmm. to, to basically make it more affordable and more workable, then you have to put some personal responsibility on the workers for their own safety. Yeah. I mean, you well, can't give them... Go ahead, Marshall. Well, one of the things is... You can get an exemption to workman's comp, but you have to spend a bunch of money and become an independent contractor. I have never had insurance. I do not have insurance now. I am workman's comp exempt. If I get hurt on the job, it's on me. That's the way it was in this country for 400 years. And if an individual chooses, I say, look, I'll give you a job, but I can't afford workman's comp. He should be able to sign a piece of paper and say, look, I know Marshall has no insurance on me on his job. If I fall off on the ladder, I'm taking the responsibility. Because I tell all my guys, I say, don't do anything you don't feel comfortable doing. And only two kinds of people fall off the ladder, stupid people and those that God (laughs) has called. So if you don't have an invitation, you're fired on the way down. So, 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 so Marshall believes in the Darwin philosophy of, of like, you know, <laughs> the survival of the fittest. Yeah. But here's the problem, Marshall. You could get sued anyway, and there's a, there's a legal theory that you cannot sign away your rights. And so if it's considered workman's comp is a legal right, then it doesn't matter whether you have it or not. They're going to get you anyway. Well, I, I cannot get sued unless I do something to endanger the guy. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if if a if a guy gets drunk and falls off a ladder on my job, that's not my fault. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, you know, I don't want to go too far on this particular thing because I've got a bunch of Larry's uh, campaigns we want to get to. But would you be interested if uh, if, if Larry can put, uh, like, a bill on, on my site or if you can put one on, can, would you, you know, comment and help uh, out from your experience as well and see if we can get some good laws on perhaps workman's comp reform and on vocational training? Would you Could you help us out with that? Yeah, absolutely. See, if you see a homeless guy right now, the way the laws are, uh-huh. I can't pick up a homeless guy who's out there got a sign, we'll work for food, and I say, look, I can work you today. Mm. Well, I can't pick him up and bring him on the job because the workers' comp people come and shut me down. Why is that? Because he's not covered. Because you have to be covered. Because you, you have to be an employee state, of a company. State requirements. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so I see how that works. Okay, And, like and the, yeah. cost, the cost that adds to the price of a house, mm-hmm. if the people knew their house cost 25% more mm-hmm. because of workman's comp, they wouldn't be as forward as they think they are. Yeah. Here's the other problem, too, though. If you have workers that you've the, – say you were able to pick up homeless workers and, and put them on the job, you know – is that something you want to be known for with your company? You know, you maybe have people that aren't as necessarily trained as much as they should be, uh, aren't regular employees. Uh, that, would that be good for business? Well, I can't even do it with my own son. 
Oh. I can't take my son on the job. It's huh. ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. We need and some I'm reform. not going to put my son in danger. Let me, uh, and if he falls, I'll beat him for being stupid, too. <laughs> Great. I want to work for you. We can't wait. Marshall, i got to jump home. Uh, actually, I'll let you go. I'll and we'll... an application, Greg. <laughs> Thanks, Marshall. Appreciate it. There we go. Right. Bye now. So let's get to Larry. What do you think? And then we'll take a break after your comment. Well, there's definitely some reform that needs to be made on the workers' comp laws. Uh, I've, I've actually had uh, worker, worker comp inspections on the job sites uh, from the state and you know, of course, we always pass, but there's a lot of companies out there who, uh, who I think are in fields that definitely could allow them to have their own personal insurance, and then that would yeah. cover them. Yeah. So what we need to do, um, because I don't know where the, the laws come from. Was it government do-gooders on workman's comp, or just, uh, you know, was it companies themselves that lobbied for this? How did it come about? I, I think it was both. Okay. So it's always... Somebody, you know, some representative saying that they're going to do good. This right. would be a great program. Yeah. And then there's always a, uh, you know, an industry who, is push, who yeah. says, yeah, let's do that. That's forced business for us, government forced business. So, yeah. sure, let's back that. Did unions, uh, trade unions be uh, behind workman's comp? Oh, I'm sure. Okay, so so, now you, uh, so there's your three groups. you got unions, you got lobbyists, you got money, you've got uh, do-gooding politicians. That's a great formula. Insurance. And insurance, co- oh, insurance companies too, right? <laughs> sure. Okay. We need. This is a whole separate topic. We need to do a whole show on at some point. We've got to take a break, though. It's 822 here on Action Radio. I was Greg Penglis, 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's Talk Radio. Larry Downs is my guest, and we will be back. All right. So I just got reminded that uh, we're having a little change in our, our format here. We have the news coming up at 830, so we're going to have bottom of the hour news. So we're going to start this topic. And, again, obviously you're going to have to come back. So let's uh, – Larry Downs Jr. is my guest. Uh, he has his own plumbing company, Citizen Advocate, as well, in your spare time. So nobody pays you for this, right? No, you, no. You just do I, it. I spend money to do this. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's start with the first one. Uh, we do, we'll start this topic now, and we'll get into it more after the news. But you've got uh, Mayor Ashton Hayward made an Airbnb commercial, and you had a problem with that because why? Absolutely, because he's using his office, his, okay. his public elected position, okay. to promote a single industry. Did he get, he get paid for the commercial? Well, they say not. Okay. Uh, but he's getting paid in many other ways. He's getting his face plastered all over right. advertising. So that's that campaign that's, advertising. That's, that's campaign or or his next business venture. Okay. You know, the more he gets recognized, uh huh, people don't they don't they won't remember it for that, but they're like, Man, I know that guy. Yeah. It's like that old American Express commercial. Not many people know my face, so I carry the American Express card. And like Richard Nixon did the exactly. like, Yeah. So so he so he's know. carrying the Airbnb card. Well, you know, it's funny because I had I had uh, Benjamin Bright of Airbnb. He's the Florida Public Relations Director for Airbnb, and we talked about some of the laws and, and some of the issues and things they're facing. And we got he, he doesn't care that Mayor Hayward did this, but you care. Oh, as I a do citizen. care. Okay, I didn't. Uh, you know, I'm sure the citizens didn't elect him right. to be running around using his office to advertise private businesses. Are there any? And other, I think there's yeah, a conflict of interest there. Okay, so so. What can we do about it? Is there is there laws? Is there conflict of interest thing? Well, can I'm you... going to be filing as many complaints as I can on each of the items that I have on okay. the mayor. All right. Uh, everything from oh, invoices. detail. Let's let's see here. You got the list handy? <laughs> or have you memorized it? No, I've got it memorized. Okay. Well, in that case, 
Uh, we've got a couple minutes left. Go for it. Well, uh, he, the invoice that I have from Pensacola Natural Gas okay. has him receiving free uh, natural gas piping and fixtures from Director Don Suarez. Oh, really? You got this in writing? I have it in writing, and it's funny because the invoice that they provided me mm-hmm. with a public records request, it actually has the work was done prior to the name change. Several years. Which name change? What are we talking from, about? It was changed from Energy Services of Pensacola uh-huh. to Pensacola Energy in 2012. Okay. And what did that What did that mean? Well, this work was done in 2008. They send me a Pensacola Energy invoice. Okay. For the work done in 2008, Pensacola Energy didn't exist in 2008. Oh. Period. Oh. It's a fraudulent <laughs> invoice. Oh, really? In my opinion. Oh, that's interesting. How, how can it not be? Yeah. The name didn't exist. <sighs> You know what we need to do? Uh, now, has this been covered? Uh, local news journal, local sources, have they been? Have they covered this at all or no? No. Uh, there, there's been one, uh, I think her name's Haley Minow. Okay. Uh, she, re- she covered some of the free. Uh, there's over, there's like 50-something free uh, uh, installations okay. that were given by the city natural gas department. Uh-huh. To, to a lot of people were wealthy, too. Oh, fascinating. Most. People who, who, who least need the financial help. I couldn't find one in there. I couldn't find not even one uh-huh. that was a needy, needy family who could not afford their own stuff. Is there a program that they have for that or no? No. Oh, interesting. Yeah. If you have documents and things and, and uh, something posted, you can email those to me and I can put them on our WEBY Facebook page. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, so, yeah, that'd be uh, public documents. You know, don't just make up something and, you know, write something. Other. If you have a public document that you have for like a freedom, is, it, is there an equivalent Florida Freedom of Information yes. request or how do you do it? Yeah, there's a there's a public records uh, statute. Okay. And it's a chapter. And if you ever send anything to the... Uh, to any of our governments, it'll say, you know, the broad, Flores broad, broad public records. Public records law, yeah, okay. Yeah. And that's a good thing. We've got news coming up in just a few seconds here. When we come back, I want to hear more about, uh, about Mayor Ashton Hayward, anything else on the list, and we have a couple of other things. Phone number here, 850-623-1330. Give us a call during the news if you want, 850-623-1330. I'll be back with Larry Downs. A little bit of a, a new format here. We have the news that uh, breaks at the bottom of the hour here. So that's uh, that's a more break we have to take, which is pretty good. Anyway, 1330 WBY, Northwest Florida's talk radio. 850-623-1330 is the number here. Area code 850-623-1330. Folks who are listening online around the country, feel free to uh, listen. Okay, you guys, you might be online. You might be going out over the air. Okay. No, <laughs> We just have too much fun here. That, that's how it goes. Was it something critical you need to, to take care of? Or, or? No, no. No, okay, he so. was just reminding me what else to say. Oh, okay. So you got a prompter. I do. You get cue cards? I do. do, you, you know, like, do we, we like the teleprompters. You know those screens that all the officials have? They don't. They think, you can, do, do I have a script? <laughs> do, you, do you see no. me reading off something? No. This is live. Don't do that. That's this the way is, I like to do this it. This is live radio. So let's get back to HB 1021. You started to talk about that uh, earlier. What's, what's that all about and what's going on? Well, House Bill 1021 had a lot of, uh, it, it, had, it had basically the solar panel stuff in it. Which, For what? Which, uh Mandated or free or what? Mandate uh, solar engineers. You know, a lot of different things in that bill that says 
that you have to do this or that to have solar panels. Was this during the Obama time? This you, was just this past year. Oh, okay. In, so, 20, so, in 2017, it okay, was so passed. Is, is this Florida only we're talking now? Yes, okay. Florida so only. Florida it's state a, law. It's a state house bill. Okay, and they said what? And it also had in there exemptions for public utilities, uh, which really concerned us. We got a big group together. Okay. Now, of course, they passed it. The House and the Senate passed it. Uh-huh. Uh, Most people don't understand these things. They don't know what the contract they, means. Until you explain it, when you go to somebody's house and you say, I can't do this because. Most of them that I talked with, they just missed it. Uh, Even Senator uh, Jack, uh, how do you say his last name? LaVar? LaVar? LaValley. LaValley. Yes. Pronunciations are not my strong point. (laughs) Yes. So I'm working on those. But But, anyway, yeah. But I confronted him Uh uh, about the House bill, and he said, yeah, that went through without a hitch. Uh-huh. But he disagreed with everything that I said that was allowing the public utilities to operate in the private sector beyond the meter. You mean he didn't read the exempt. bill? <laughs> That's right. Oh. That's right. He didn't read it. Well, and here's the problem with, with as his, far as far as what he represented to me. Well, that's the problem with not reading bills. This is why there are moves uh, both in Congress and, and various state houses to make very simple uh, single subject bills. So they do read them. You know, we've got a, we've got a, one of the biggest problems we have is that so much goes into fundraising. <coughs> That's something we can talk about later. It's a little separate issue. But so much of a, of a representative's time goes into fundraising. The bills aren't written by the representatives anymore. They're not necessarily even read by the representatives anymore. They're prepared by staff. Lobbyists write the bills. Industrial lobbyists write this. So who, who do you think wrote this bill, HB 21? Uh, well, it was several. 1021, sorry. It was, uh, had several influences. One of them was the, uh, the Public Utility uh, uh-huh. Natural Gas Association. And what do they get out of it? Uh, they... they they actually wrote a bunch of uh they had a bunch of letters to all of the utilities saying send send fill in your name in these blanks right. send it to the governor so that he will sign this bill and we're trying to combat that because okay. we were on the back end of it and didn't right. know so anyhow that's what they they that uh public utility natural gas uh organ- association uh-huh. they were lobbying for it because they have had opposition from local area plumbers i.e. me. You. <laughs> wow. So, so, so for, for the person who's listening who doesn't know all the technicalities of the law, how does that affect your ability to be a plumber for a customer? Well, any time that you have to compete with your government, which is what this bill uh, will allow, ultimately allow to take place, uh, because it says incidental to their business. So who's, who's competing with you? How's the government competing? Well, whenever the city-owned natural gas company does work beyond the meter in the private sector. All right, now I'm catching on. So, you're, and when you when you pointed this this invoice out before, um, that it was how it was can we f- compete for free? Work so you on the free work out. Did you get that while we were live on the air? So, <laughs> yeah, go to our. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna. As soon as um, shows over here, I'm gonna transfer. Uh, I'm gonna share Larry Downs' Facebook, and you can see the invoice that we're talking about right here. And so you're saying this is free work done for for the mayor. Uh, for the mayor's house. Mayor's house. Okay. Yep. And so you can't compete with free work. That's There's crazy. no way. That's insane. And, and they even had several programs over the past uh, 12 to 14 years uh-huh. where I've got them shut down a time or two. And they're saying, look, we need to sell more gas. Right. By the way, they're one of the highest natural gas rates in the country. And they right. need to sell more gas. So if they give away the installation or extremely discount installations, uh-huh. they'll sell more gas. Meanwhile, manipulating the free market. Right. Do they, um, I'm just trying to think here, if they're doing work like, now the mayor's house isn't owned by the, the city or the gas company. No. It's privately owned. Privately so owned. So they're doing privately owned work, then they can't do that. 
they not, they're but, absolutely not. But they're doing it. But now, they're doing this it. law allows them to do it, or are they just doing it anyway? Now this law, well, they had a house, they had a uh, city ordinance that okay. they had passed twice that supposedly allowed them to do it. Of course, I still said it's against the Sherman Act, the Clayton Act. It's against the Florida Antitrust Act. Uh, the unfair and deceptive. Those big acts kind of get lost in the shuffle. And the, when it's and the, government. Well, you know what happens is like the court cases, the precedents take over, and they, they get they get kind of micromanaged stuff. It's like, to put it in a general case, like Second Amendment. Yeah. You know, how, can you, how can you ban guns in Chicago when the Second Amendment exists? They how? Say, well, we've got court cases. We've got precedent. We've got law. We've got ordinances. And, uh, yeah, and full of even them. though, of course they're full of it. This is why we're going to have some judicial reform. We have so much to talk about. Um, Let's get to let's get to another issue that we we're talking about here. So we, uh, uh, so we, I think we've covered the mayor pretty well. Uh, I think to, is, this is what you're talking about with natural gas, or that was something different. Uh, natural gas, yeah. something different. What's that? What's that issue? Well, it's the same issue. Okay. Uh, the director Don Suarez has been there, I think, since around 2000. Of of which? Of at at the Pensacola Energy, which used to be ESP. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, they uh, they've done everything from give home builders gifts. I'm not. I can't even make this up. I have the public records right here. Custom, oh yeah, you can drag them out. You can show them. We'll put them on camera again. Custom yeah. fishing rods and reels for what? certain home builders. Yes, can't make it up. And this is their records. Okay. And yeah, everything uh, you do is documented. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I, I like I said at the last com, cal, uh, council meeting uh-huh. last Thursday, I yeah. said, uh, I said this is a criminal act in my opinion. I said when you take the public money and you give it as gifts uh-huh. in exchange for what? It doesn't matter what it is. You can't take public money and, and give it out as gifts. Yeah. That's just criminal in my opinion. Yeah. And Larry, Larry B. Johnson got all mad at me, tried to silence me. He said, I'm not going to have my friend Don Suarez right. uh, be called a criminal. And I, so I get up at my next uh, uh, Boyd forum and, uh, and I tell them I'm not going to be silenced. You know, I'm not saying anything inappropriate. Yeah. I'm a, I'm just addressing, redressing my government. You're my government. Yeah. See, you're the most dangerous person in the world to these people because they can't buy you. You know, they can't fire you. Yeah. They can. You don't care what they say about you that very few people can do. And I don't want their money. It's not my money. Yeah, exactly. And you're doing this because it's the right thing to do. And that makes you the most dangerous person in the world, you know, uh, to them. And this, this is why I'm so glad to have you here. Now, do you have your own website where you put all this stuff or, or no? I just actually, I just started a new website called okay. American Trades Association. Okay, I've got to take a look at that. The reason I ask is because I want to connect it to my website. Yep. And so that we can, uh, and as my website grows, so that way we'll be able to, to take the things that, you, that you're working on. I can take a look and say, you know, we need a law on this because that's, that's more my specialty. Absolutely. Okay. And then we'll say, okay, so we draft it. And then the, the whole idea of the citizen legislature, and I was talking about this, you know, a little bit off the air, is, is that, you know, like I say, back in our founding, you know, Guys like you and me, we'd sit down. Sure. We'd, uh, I was sort of joking about it. We'd have our mead yeah. <laughs> or our grog, whatever we have, uh, and we'd talk about this stuff. And yep. then we'd write it all down. We'd get our quill pens. We'd write it all down. And then we would actually have a bill, and it would be sent by horseback. We'd get Paul Revere to ride again. And sure. it would go to the local uh, you know, magistrates and legislators and things, and they'd start talking about it. The only difference between then and now is that we are doing, uh, we're doing this with, um, with technology. That's it. We got a special guest for you, so uh, let's get uh, Commissioner Underhill. Hey, Commissioner Underhill, go ahead. You're on. 
Hey, good morning. How are you, sir? We're having a great time. Thanks for calling. Thanks for introducing yeah. me to Larry. We've, we've got all kinds of plans. Now. I don't know if you've been <laughs> listening, but we've got websites we're going to link up. We're going to take some action here. Yeah, the, the next one that you need to talk to is a lady named Jamie Rogers up in North County, and she's, she's a lot like Larry in that she makes it hard for commissioners like me uh, to get one over on the people. That's a good uh, thing. Yeah, and, and that's the important thing. I mean, Larry, I'll tell you right now, Larry is a, is a daily pain in my neck. Um, because I have to read everything I'm going to vote on uh-huh. because I know that Larry does, and he'll hold me accountable. <laughs> and we need more citizens doing that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it costs these guys a fortune yeah. to be able to do all these public records requests. Um, Larry, I mean, I know you've, I've seen some. You've got some bills in like $20,000, I think, isn't it? Well, the last one was uh, $74,400 for just Director Don Suarez's e- emails from 2008. To, to current. Yeah, you know, the problem with that is that Larry and and you, Greg, and everybody else, we you know, the citizens own those emails. Yeah, they're not. You shouldn't have to pay for what you already own. They belong to the people. Yeah, and we have the technology today that my inbox as a county commissioner could be visible and and searchable, uh, so that you know exactly what email I got, you know, two hours ago. That makes sense. Unfortunately, because we have this law that allows the government to charge the citizens to get these things, mm-hmm. it makes it it disincentivizes the government for using technology in a way that would allow citizens to be able to see what we're doing. And that's how these things, you know, I tell you, they always say democracy dies in the shadows <laughs> and thrives in the sunlight. Well, here's, um, here's the thing: you've got a, it's basically a restraint of information because if you're preventing. If you have a, a sunshine law and an open open records law, but yet you make a cost and you make the cost prohibitive, that effectively negates the law. That's Absolutely. What, that's what I'm filing a complaint with. The, that's one of my complaints yeah. with the Attorney General's office to try to get them, because I'm in the middle of a citizen's investigation here. Okay. And I need this information to complete. Okay. Do you know what we need, yeah. um, Commissioner Underhill, is a, is a bill that uh, reimburses or gives some kind of credit or something to citizen advocates who are pursuing these kind of things. You want to work well, on that? Well, it's very easy. Just deny the government the, uh, the authority to okay. charge. Because it, it, so, yes, it will it, it cost a lot of time and energy of county staff to put these things together or state staff to, to give these answers. Mm-hmm. But once it becomes cost prohibitive to hide from the people, then the government will find ways to make it to, to make to it public, the, uh, yeah. To make it public, to stop yes. the public record okay. request. Okay. So, so what we need. So, what do we need to do then to make this so make it easier for Larry to find this information? Very simple law: deny the counties and other government entities or any taxpayer-funded entity the authority to charge for a public records request. That's right. that's brilliant. Okay. Now it, it's just that simple. Now, is that a state or or county level or both? I think it would have to take place at the state level. It is a state law that allows us to charge. Um, the uh, the fees. Where where do I find that? Because I'm gonna looks like I have a bill to write tonight. That's a good question. I'll have to email that one to you. Okay, that sounds good. You know, you're part of our action <laughs> action radio network now too. <laughs> well, and, and I tell you, the thing is that the the it should be hard for uh, to, to be in office. Okay, it should be it should be such a strain and uh, and a financial strain too. Yeah. Uh, you shouldn't get rich being in office, but it should be such a strain that you only want to do it. Uh, for a little while as a, as a service and as a duty. Um, you know, if we would do away with all the perks and privileges of office, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to worry about term limits because men and women would come and they'd serve for a little while and then they'd go back to their to their lives. 
That's how the nation was set up. That's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, that would be a separate uh, separate kind of thing. But uh, I know in, in Washington right now, it's interesting when you're talking about that. Um, not only do they deny uh, the records, that, especially with the FBI right now, but they, they won't give them even when they're subpoenaed. They, they, they'll take two years. So not only do we need a cost removal, we need to put a time limit on this as well to get, right. to and, get and records to, to people. Yeah, we need to adhere to the principle that okay. while I am conducting the people's business, while any elected official is conducting the people's business mm-hmm. and using taxpayer dollars, he has no right to privacy in the conduct of that business. It is public by its very nature. Yep. Wow. We need to email. We need to put something here, and I need to get it to uh, to the state. Um, I don't, do, you, do you know a state representative who might be interested in, in picking up this bill and, and uh, sponsoring it? Frank, nope, I haven't, uh, haven't put any thought into it. Uh, it is something that would require uh, grassroots uh, support. You know, to come up from the state. com is where it's going to start. I'll be, I'll be talking to you two gentlemen. We have work to do. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Commissioner. Bye-bye. All right, bye now. Commissioner Doug Underhill, uh, Scambia County. We need to take a little break. It's 848 here. My guest, Larry Downs, Jr. Boy, do we have food. You just gave me all this homework. <laughs> so much we have to get accomplished here. My website, writeyourlaws.com, where anybody, and that means you, anybody can write a bill and, and put it on our site. You start with, uh, with uh, proposing a law, and you just put it on there. It's very simple. It's very straightforward. Go to our legislation section. It, it just uh, you know, write your comment, post it. I'll take a look at it. As long as it's not you know, totally bizarre and, and zombie-like, you know, saying whatever. It doesn't matter what's out there. But it, 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 if you make sense, even if I don't agree with it, we'll put it on the site. We'll get people to comment on it. And the best of those bills rise up. And then, like I say, I have 11 bills, which are going right now. Uh, I've already given them to Congressman Matt Gates. We're going to talk about that at our radio town hall on the 25th. 1330 WEBY, Northwest Florida's talk radio. We'll be back. So we're going to do a little website trading right here, right now. Larry's website, AmericanTradesAssociation.com. Uh, uh, it's AmericanTradesAssociation.com. My website, WriteYourLaws.com. And I'll show you how all this works. You know, kind of go through some of the laws, and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna hitch these together somehow so that uh, I can follow what you're doing. And you might have a like a Write Your Laws link here somewhere too. Oh, so that would be perfect. This is gonna be great. So what we're doing is, is is combining a citizen advocate, Larry Downs Jr., who has an immense knowledge of a lot of the issues and campaigns going on here, with with my knowledge of legislation. So if you could, it's perfect, uh, you know, team because now you've got you doing the investigative stuff, and then I'll take the action from there. Kind of like Absolutely. Law and Order, right? Yes. You know, you're the cop, and I'm the I'm the lawyer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is our how it's working. So in a little bit of time we have left, a uh, number here again, 850-623-1330, um, what, what, uh, what, what are things coming up? What do you want to talk about or tell me how you got into this crazy biz? Or Well, well, real quick, I mean, well, the main reason why I got into it is because yeah. uh, back in 2006, 7, and 8, uh-huh. uh, the city natural gas department started operating in the private sector completely. Right. And I mean, hitting... 300. I think I started doing that. What, what is 370 it? permits a year right in our little county. Which means what exactly? Which means that and not every job's permitted. So some of them are unpermitted jobs okay. because of the just it's a quick fix. So the gas company was doing private work and competing with you. Private work competing with with all of our local plumbing companies, plumbing and gas companies. But and how they get authority to do that? Or they just did it. Well, see, uh, because uh, because the city council. 
they uh, they they passed the ordinance that uh, director okay. don said oh the the uh, hurricane ivan oh it's just putting such a you know such stress on the plumbers we need to go help them out uh-huh which was all yeah bull. was was there money that transferred uh, over the course of this that we should know about well we're talking about a lot of uh or is it not that obvious it's no it's pretty obvious it's uh they got a marketing uh marketing fund that's like okay. a slush fund. Okay. Two, three million dollars a year that they kind of spread around wherever they want. Oh, so, okay. So there's a lot, it's hard to get people to report on it. Right. Because some of these, you know, some of these agencies and news news outlets uh-huh. are receiving funds from them. Advertising. Oh, okay. In, from their marketing. Yes. Funny how that works out. It's, so they're not going to say anything because they don't want to, to ruin the they advertising. They don't want that budget. money train to stop. Well, it's not coming to my show, so I can say whatever <laughs> I want. Right. But uh, this is this is fascinating. Okay, now how about the other plumbers? Have they have they gotten oh, together with you, or do you have an organization? We've or had a we've had a ton of them. If you looked on that email, I just sent you. I sent you a picture. Okay. Of a bunch of us at City what? Hall right now. The one I sent you from yesterday. Oh, okay, I'll go take a look. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's on my Facebook page or what? Uh, no email? email. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I sent an email to the mayor again okay. and uh, said that. Does he ever know, answer you? Uh, he has never responded to a single email, okay. and it's kind of a running joke with a lot of the other businesses I deal with. Yeah. We, oh, real quick, we do sure. have, uh, we started a, this is the first time it's ever been done in Northwest Florida. What's that? Uh, we started the PHCC of Northwest Florida, which is What's the that? Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling Contractors, nonprofit. Uh-huh. And we have, uh, we have like five members right now, and we're trying to get more. We have... There's like 56 plumbing companies in just our county and HVAC companies. So we're trying to get everybody together so that we can pool our money to stop, to help stop house bills that are inappropriate, like House Bill 1021. Interesting. We have one of our sponsors, Energy Savers of Florida. I don't know if they'd be interested, but... Uh, oh, we need them. Yeah, talk to them. Yes. Uh, they're, they're good folks. They help us out at the station, keep the lights on here and... Uh, you know, so they're, and by, by, by advertising, you know, the, the nicest thing about that is, you know, it helps each other. They help us. We help them. Absolutely. Because that's how the customers work, you know, so well, people find out about them, you know. That's actually the, uh, I talked with, uh, on Friday morning, I talked with the city attorney, Lisa Bowling, uh-huh. and she's trying to figure out how to stop them from advertising select businesses right now. The natural gas company. Oh, yes. Now, this is a public utility, right? It's a public utility. So so, yeah. so she's like, well, how about if we advertise all of the businesses? I said, all of them in the state of Florida? I said, because they're licensed in the state of Florida. So yeah. they come here and work. Yeah. I said, but think about this. And she never thought about it. I said, if you even if you advertise every licensed business in the state of Florida uh-huh. or in our county, Santa Rosa County, whatever. Yeah. I said, you're still negatively impacting another industry. She couldn't understand it. And I said, and what other industry? I said, how about the advertising industry? Yeah. How about whenever y'all provide, just like energy services or whoever. Yeah. A adver- private company. Advertises with you. Right. Now, if the city does it for them, they don't need to pay you. Yeah. That's wrong. That's, That's manipulating free markets. We have only just started talking, you and I. We have a lot of work to do. Larry Downs Jr., my guest today, citizen advocate. I sort of wonder if I if I could get you a, a, a position in government where they actually fund a citizen advocate, but then you'd be corrupted by them and it would lose your No, I don't want any money to do it. I'd never take it. Yeah. That's okay. wrong. We'll figure something out, though. Thank you for being my guest today. I appreciate it. 
And that's how it goes. You know, these interviews just drop off really quickly. And uh, uh, I was lucky enough to get um, uh, the flash drive of all my interviews when I left uh, uh, WBY. So uh, that's how I do it. I'm able to bring these to you now. Now, Larry's going to be a hoot to talk to. He's going to be fun um, because I want to get back on the show and I want to talk about Citizen Legislation Day. And we'll see what happens from there. I got a few minutes. This would be a good time for a phone call. I got CJ coming on at the top of the hour. We're going to talk wellness. She's got a couple of different topics. And so uh, Pianchi, who's on the line, Who's on live chat? This might be a time to chat with us. Marco, I wish you could call in. I know you're, you're busy working. We've got a Skype line, but uh, if we can get you on the account, uh, uh, I'd love to get that report. Maybe we can uh, you know, clear that with the boss. We'll see if we can get him on here. Um, otherwise, I've got things. I've played, pretty much played all the things I have to play. What I could do, <laughs> you know, I could do something of fun here, uh, and that is play my, uh, my uh, I'm going to save this one for CJ. I want her to hear it because it's pretty bad. I've got the new Action Radio Diversity Workshop. Um, yeah, he's working. Okay, sorry, Marco. We've got the new Action Radio Diversity Workshop uh, satire piece that I made, so I'm going to play that uh, once we get uh, CJ on the line. It's going to be kind of fun. You know, got a little comedy here. Um, I did find something interesting uh, as uh, as the interview was going on because I've heard it before because I made it <laughs> from uh, uh, Alex Berenson. Alex Berenson, I don't know if he was fired from the New York Times, quit the New York Times, whatever it was. He's out of the New York Times, and he's a fabulous author. He has a Substack uh, uh, column now. And he says uh, his, his subject uh, of this one from October 23rd, since about a week or so ago, but it's still very current. He says, why isn't Israel more focused on the Hamas leaders in Qatar? And when I think about it, you know, that's a really good question uh, because they don't seem to focus on the leaders. They focus on on um, on the folks, the Hamas, you know, the terrorists that are in Gaza. Now, my first reaction to that was that they're focusing on that because uh, that's that's the land they want back. Because it was part of Israel until 2005, and Israel was stupid enough to get rid of it. If they hadn't gotten rid of Gaza uh, and left it part of Israel, they wouldn't be having these problems now. And so uh, all these folks would have been saved. So it's like gun control. You know, they're, they're trying to give out guns after the terrorist attack. Well, you need them before. You know, the time to think about whether Hamas is going to take over, you know, part of Israel and, and send in rockets, bombs, and tunnels and, you know, assassinate, uh, you know, thousands of people is before you give Gaza away <laughs> to uh, the people that are going to do that. You know, so, you know, they're, they're pretty smart, most things, but pretty, but kind of stupid in others. And this one, that was stupid to give away Gaza. Uh, they should have already taken over the West Bank completely, and they need to go on heights so they don't get rockets bombing down upon them from uh, Hezbollah uh, from Lebanon. Look at the map. That's how it all works out. All right. So Alex Branson says Osama bin Laden was Saudi, not Afghan. We were in war in Afghanistan for all the time, right? So, so uh, Osama bin Laden was from Saudi Arabia, which also were the pilots that uh, flew in uh, 9-11 also, right? He says, but after bin Laden planned the September 11th attacks from camps in Afghanistan, no one doubted the United States could demand Afghanistan's Taliban government evict him and attack Afghanistan if the Talibs refuse. Eh, okay. So the leaders of Hamas are Palestinian, not Qatari. So, so why, are the, why are the Hamas leaders in Qatar, right? Because they're Palestinian. Well, in other words, Ottoman Turk refugees from World War One. And then he says, yeah, two weeks after a Hamas attack on Israel, uh, that in its barbarity dwarfs September 11th, they continue to live in luxury in Qatar, a tiny Persian Gulf city state, which is very similar to the Kuwaitis when we were, quote, freeing Kuwait, you know, from uh, slant drilling oil from uh, uh, from Iraq. That was basically an oil operation. Kuwait, defending Kuwait was defending Kuwait from slant drilling of oil because they didn't want to do it themselves. They'd rather pay United States soldiers to do it. Where were the Kuwaitis all this time? During the, the, during the, the first Gulf War? Well, they were on the French Riviera, living up in Monaco and Nice and beautiful place. I've been to those places. They're absolutely gorgeous. I'd be there, too, if, if my country was at war, you know, for something stupid, <laughs> you know, or you could pay someone else to, to fight a stupid battle for them. 
if my country has to go to war against uh, a foreign enemy or a domestic enemy, that's a different story. I'll be there. In fact, I think we're fighting that war every day. We're just not using firearms to do it. We're using computers and words and uh, keeping it civil, which is the way it's supposed to be. All right. Then he says, yet two weeks after a Hamas attack on Israel, I already read that part. He says, as it prepares to invade the Gaza Strip, home to the Hamas fighters who slaughtered over 1,400 Israeli civilians, I think it's higher now, Israel seems to have forgotten its claim on Qatar, home to the men behind that slaughter. Yeah, I wonder what that claim is. We're gonna, let's see where it goes. He says, in a conflict that is both necessary and has no good answers, focusing uh, pressure on Qatar and attacking Hamas leaders, they're directly uh, maybe Israel's cleanest short-term play, given it its best hope holding the moral high ground, you know, which they have to do for, for politics. Let me read that again. In a conflict that is both necessary and has no good answers, focusing pressure on Qatar and attacking Hamas's leaders there directly, maybe Israel's cleanest short-term play. I'm not sure how Israel attacks Hamas leaders in Qatar. That's, that's a good question. We'll find out uh, as we read uh, or see what happens. Anyway, it says, until now, he says, Alex Berenson, until now, Qatar was probably best known for hosting the 2022 World Cup. Yeah, World, World Cup soccer is amazingly large, except in the United States, because we've got football, baseball, hockey, basketball, other stuff. Anyway, 2022 World Cup, and for being less cool than Dubai. <laughs> yeah, Qatar's more – Dubai is like the, the, like the playground. Uh, as far as I know, Qatar is eh, you know, still for rich people, but it's more conservative rich people. Uh, Dubai, call, he calls it his high-flying model-hosting neighbor to the east. This is a thumb-shaped peninsula 40 miles wide and 100 miles long. That's only a little bit little bigger than Liechtenstein, which is like 16 by 4. Anyway, 40 miles wide and 100 miles long. Qatar has 2.7 million residents, but only, ready for this, 315,000 citizens. All right. It's got like 2.7 million residents, 315,000 citizens. Well, who are the residents that make up most of the country? The, the residents could take over from the citizens if they wanted, unless the citizens are really well armed and have all. You know, anyway, you know how that goes. Anyway, it says it's about 125,000th of the world's population. It also has 11% of the world's proven natural gas reserves, giving it hydrocarbons and money to burn. Yeah, remember, you know, uh, organic fuels are hydrocarbons, hydrogen plus carbon. You mix it with oxygen um, in the, uh, the fuel injectors, the carburetors, and you get, uh, you know, hard, cut, blah, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen, and it burns. <laughs> Just like carbohydrates in your body, same stuff, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. All right, anyway. He says, like Kuwait and other super-rich mini-states of the Gulf, Qatar's main preoccupation is its continued existence. For a generation, its leaders have walked a fine line, trying to convince its neighbors that it can play the role of a semi-honest broker in the Muslim world. Qatar is Sunni Muslim. Shia, I guess, is a more radical. Anyway, so they're Sunni Muslim, but it works with Iran, which is Shia, as well as the Taliban in Afghanistan, who are hardline Sunni. I, I'm not really clear on my, on my, uh, my Muslim you know, factions, but uh, that's kind of how it works. Anyway, he says, uh, uh, oh, we've got um, CJ's on the line right now. So I'm, I'm going over an Alex Berenson article on, on Israel uh, with Hamas, except the leaders are in Qatar. So I'll get her all caught up. All right. Qatar has also made itself a crucial ally to the American military by hosting a huge American airfield, the Al-Udid Air Base. Now, this is the first I've heard of this. I didn't know about the Al-Udid. That's A-L, uh, capital U-D-E-I-D, Al-Udid. Airbase in Qatar with over 11,000 airmen and soldiers. Hey, do we have any veterans in our audience from Al Udid Airbase in Qatar? You know, call the show 215 Not this hour we got to CJ. We're going to talk health and stuff, but uh, I'm curious. 
You know, last time I put out a call like that, I got two people reporting on the stand down orders in Benghazi. So, you know, we got good people out here. All right. It says Al Udid has become the largest U.S. military installation of the Middle East. I kind of like this accent. I might do it more often. Anyway, amazingly, Qatar built its relationship with the United States, even as it actively supported Hamas and other ethnic terror groups. Let me say that again. <clears throat> this is where it gets fascinating, okay? They're playing both sides. It's like a double agent, spies for both countries, and has to survive being killed by both countries, but supplies both countries with information. That's a double agent, right? So Qatar is basically a double agent nation. He says, amazingly, and it is amazing. <clears throat> now, obviously, our government knows about this, but they don't care because they get the airbase there. So they're willing to have Qatar fund terrorists, and that's fine. They're willing to have Iran fund Hamas and build nuclear weapons, and that, that's okay. You know, that, the, the Brandon Obama regime is fine with that. The Clinton regime was fine with giving, you know, nuclear weapon capability uh, power plants to enrich uranium to North Korea. And guess what North Korea did? They built nuclear missiles into Japan, South Korea, us, you know. I mean, uh, but the left doesn't care. That's what makes them the left. Anyway, says Qatar built its relationship with the United States, even as it actively supported Hamas and other Islamic terror groups. But you didn't hear that on the news. I didn't, <laughs> even on the conservative news. He says, to some extent, Qatar has spent the last 20 years playing the same game Saudi Arabia once did. Yeah, Saudi Arabia is pretty cool now, but there was a time. <laughs> yeah, all right. Anyway, it says it funds terror groups, always outside its borders, of course, to keep its Muslim bona fides, in other words, its, its creds, like its street creds. So they, they fund terrorist groups to keep their Muslim bona fides, while at the same time helping the United States knock them down. So they, <laughs> it's like uh, the Marshall Plan in World War II. So we destroyed Germany and Japan and then paid you know, billions of dollars to build them back up again. <clears throat> it's a fascinating thing. And now they want to, now there's going to be claims that we have to build up Ukraine because we paid for, the, for its destruction uh, by Russia. Um, fascinating, fascinating concept. It's just money. It's all about the money. You destroy, you build. It's like <clears throat> being, uh, in the old days, the old joke, the union joke, right? Where you were told to dig a hole uh, and then fill it in. And that required a union representation, you know, because it was a job. And uh, it was contracted and several people had to do it and five had to stand around and watch. It's, it, it, you know, they accomplished anything? No, but people were put to work and the union got due. So it was happy and the company was happy. They got, you know, a government contract and away you go. And the hole was dug and filled and dug and filled and dug and filled. All right. Last paragraph. Uh, it says the Saudis realized the limits of these schemes after September 11th. Oh, good observation. And Qatar's support for a radical Islam and its relationship with Iran grew to frustrate Saudi Arabia so deeply that in 2017 it blockaded Qatar. But the Saudis never invaded, given the huge American air base 20 miles from south central Doha. I'm not sure where Doha is. I thought Riyadh was the capital of Saudi Arabia, but I'll look at a map. <clears throat> and in 20, sorry, my voice is a little rough today. It says, and in 2021, they dropped the blockade. Interesting. It says, but of all the games Qatar played, helping Hamas was in some ways the lowest risk. Arab and Muslim countries have little choice but to support Palestinians against Israel. And under the Benjamin Bibi Netanyahu Israel itself allowed Qatar to funnel money to Hamas for most of the last decade. Let me say that again. Bibi Netanyahu uh, Israel itself allowed Qatar to funnel money to Hamas for most of the last decade. So there's no good people, there's no good players here. I mean, there's, you know, I still support Israel. I still support uh, uh, my claim that Israel needs to reincorporate Gaza, Golan, and the West Bank. But uh, this is this is pretty scandalous, you know. And it just proves that uh, nobody's perfect. There's a lot of gray area, and some people, you know, are doing things that are absolutely stupid, and, and it costs lives, uh, a lot of lives. Last little bit. This is Netanyahu knew that as long as Hamas 
whose charter demands the destruction of Israel, controlled Gaza, Israel would not face serious pressure to make peace with Palestinians. Well, that's interesting. Let me say that again. So Netanyahu knew that as long as Hamas, whose charter demands the destruction of Israel, controlled Gaza, so as long as Hamas controlled Gaza, Israel would not face serious pressure to make peace with Palestinians because Hamas was attacking them all the time. You don't make peace with people that are attacking you all the time. So it was like, so I guess you're saying that Hamas was the excuse for Israel to not have to make peace with Gaza. This is fascinating. Anyway, he says his plan was to keep life in Gaza barely tolerable as Israel continued to prosper and move settlers into other Palestinian territories, West Bank, and negotiate a broader peace with other Arab countries. Okay, so I don't consider the West Bank Palestinian territory. As far as I'm concerned, that's Judea and Samaria. It's part of Israel. So I disagree with Berenson there. He says the slaughter of October 7th, in which Hamas terrorists killed the equivalent of 50,000 Americans. Okay, that's like a city, right? Small city. Has blown up in Netanyahu's cynical scheme. I know some conservative and Israeli readers complain about this framing of the situation, but the truth is what it is. And that's why I read it. <laughs> you know, uh, it was news to me, but it's news. And I, I uh, from what I know, Alex Berenson is a very... Uh, honest and straightforward journalist. And if someone can call it and uh, disprove it, then away you go. Away you go. So there we go. So Marco and uh, um, Pianchi are sort of playing on their live chat. It's time I got to CJ's report. So let's do that. She's patiently waiting on the line. And here we go. What is health? What does it take to stay healthy? We have a longer lifespan than 100 years ago. But is the quality of life any better? A hundred years ago, their food was better. They got more exercise. They weren't as fat. They didn't have preservatives, antidepressants, sugar in everything. And they didn't have vaccines. If you talk about alternative health care, people think of crystals, incense, strange candles, Ouija boards, notions, potions, lotions, and total hippies telling you to... Detox, man. So let's change our system of sick care into wellness. Let's get healthy. Let's lower our stress, stop taking in poisons, eat and drink organic, clean food. And let's have a chat with CJ, because this is CJ's Wellness Watch on Action Radio. All right, there we go. So thanks for waiting a few minutes. I wanted to make sure I got that article uh, in. I hate starting an article and then picking up the next day because nobody connects the two. It's just weird. Anyway, how you doing, darling? What's going on? I'm good. How are you? I'm having a great time. I've is a little shot today. Maybe it's the cold weather. Maybe I was shouting too much. I've been kind of busy the last few days with a bunch of other events. Uh, so a little scratchy. But otherwise, I'm, otherwise, in my normal peak uh, perfection, I had some uh, yogurt and honey, you know, during the time I was playing my, my recorded interview from 2018. So uh, we're good. Good to go. Good. What's okay, happening? Good. What's I'm happening? A little tired. I've been up since 5.30. I've had company in town for a week, and they left, like, at 5.30 this morning, and I, oh, I was no. going to just stay, and I went back to bed. <laughs> yeah, 5.30, yeah, 5.30, I'm, I'm, like, already in my big show prep. I'm up actually up between 4 and 4.30, depending on how much I need to do. So I, don't, I like the oh, wow. I love it. It's great. It's nice and dark, and it's calm, and, you know, it's not that much noise anywhere because it's just me and my, my cottage. But... Um, it's uh, it's kind of a cool time to work. I love early mornings and I love late nights. It's afternoons I can't do. So do we ever talk uh, about that? My my yeah. my bifurcated sleep schedule of like five hours at night and about two hours in the afternoon. So I still get seven, maybe eight if I'm lazy. Yeah, you know, you five, like to, five you or like two. to relax and chill in the afternoon and then up at yeah. night, right? 
Yeah, siesta. Yeah, because I, I, I don't work well in the afternoon. I'm tired anyway, so I might as well sleep, right? So I'm out, I'm out cold in the afternoon, and then I do another. I do eight hours of work in the morning, eight hours of work at night. Well, that includes practice and gym and stuff, workouts. But really, I have two eight-hour shifts per day, so I work about 16 hours a day. And but I, I find it best to take a break in the middle. And people are like, no, you should get all your sleep at once. You know, get your eight hours. I can't sleep for eight hours, first of all. Um, but uh, I can do like five or six at the most. And then I want to do stuff. And then I want to take another nap in the afternoon. That, I don't know why that works for me. It just does. Have we talked sleep cycles? I think we've done it a little bit. Yeah, we, we did talk sleep cycles. All that. Well, you know what? Today I might be on your sleep cycle because I might have to sleep this afternoon. <laughs> so we'll just have to see how that works out get. for me. You might like that siesta. Okay. <clears throat> Most of Europe does a siesta, don't they? I mean, certainly the the yeah. the, uh, the Mediterranean countries, you know, Spain, uh, Italy, Greece, they all take siestas, don't they? I know Mexico yeah, does. Do. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. But the I'll be, I have to work well too. So that might just mm-hmm. be my schedule today. It's only thirty four degrees here in the Carolinas right now, Ooh. so it's cold. What's going yeah, on? Wait, wait, where where did this winter come from? <laughs> I know. All of a sudden. Yeah. yeah, it got down to yeah, the high yesterday was sixty. Down to thirty. Yeah, yeah, the high yesterday was uh, sixty. It's 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 uh, the low today is thirty four. We're only two degrees from freezing, which is not good around here. We're we're not the water pipes don't like it. <laughs> they just they're not ready no. for it. Yeah. No, and I, I had to uh, I had to suck it up and turn the heat on a little a little bit, especially since I had company and you know older individuals, um, my mom and my aunts and stuff who are older in my house. Mm-hmm. I. I, I I I was kind and turned on my heat. So <laughs> yeah, as much as I did yeah, not good. want to, but um, you know, I've got two really interesting topics to talk about oh, today, good. and I'm I'm going to scratch. Um, we can dig really in depth another time, but there are two topics that have just really come to light. I would say over the past two weeks, and so I want to scratch the surface. On okay. those, and, and we'll get into a little bit, but we won't, you know, we won't dig into it. Um, so one is one of the topics is oil pooling. I'm sure you're familiar with oil pooling. Is that nope. correct? Nope. First okay. I've heard of it. I, I've probably heard the okay. term before, but I don't know what it is. Okay. Okay. So dental health has been a big issue lately with a lot of people. I don't know why. It like comes in chunks, but almost everyone that I have insurance doesn't to, cover it. <laughs> that's why yeah. insurance doesn't cover dental right. or vision, which is stupid because it should. Because that's where you know most right. people spend money on on preventive care is dental and vision, eyeglasses and and teeth. So it is it is insane to me. That's a whole topic in itself. Why insurance doesn't automatically cover dental and vision? Why do they segregate those out? That's yeah. that, that's why that's, people you know delay dentists and uh, that costs more money uh, and they lose teeth and they delay vision though instead of every one year they make they get glasses every three years because that's what they can afford that's insane exactly exactly yeah. and you know what that's another squirrel uh topic uh-huh. is because i just they interviewed um the, Amer- the american first insurance company or american first health um where they are doing their best to incorporate some different programs that do include dental and eye and whatnot. And for Patriots, and they're a Patriot-supported company, they do have access to the quote-unquote traditional sick care insurance if you so mm-hmm. want that. The majority of the programs that they offer are more of the health share plans and some things that actually do include that because I was thinking about changing some things up for my daughter. Um, my daughter and I 
you know, my, myself com- coming up here. So I just had a great conversation with them. So that's something my, my viewers on my podcast may see, see soon, depending on how much more I go into vetting, vetting them out. Um, but so oil pooling and oral health. So my daughter and I, we just switched to a holistic dentist. Uh, I don't know how much work we're going to do there. We went for a consultation. It is really expensive to do uh-huh. holistic dentist versus your traditional dentist. What is it, dentist, what is it first of all? Well, they go in, and first of all, the substances that they use are non-toxic for any sort of procedure that they they do. They don't push fluoride. I mean, I went in for a cleaning at my regular dentist, and they still were pushing me to do um, fluoride. And I was like, nope, that's a non-negotiable. And so the way they go about addressing health, they really look at the overall gums, the overall teeth, the overall things that most dentists don't don't look at. And for my daughter and I, they did a lot of recommendations and suggestions for us that I never even heard of from my traditional dentist. And they're a lot more thorough. So, you know, they have the same purpose in mind, but their approach is, I don't want to say conservative, but it's on the holistic side where anything that they're going to recommend is natural. Any procedure that they're going to do is not going to be chemicals and fillers, and they're going to get to, no pun intended, the root of the issue. They're not just going to mask it. You know, if you've got gum issues going on, they have things that they can do to figure out what is it, you know, we're not just going to do a gum graphing or something just to cover up the issue. They're going to get to the cause of the issue, just like they don't – they don't encourage or promote root canals, right? And I, I'm going to have a root canal reversed. I only have one root canal. And to the best of my knowledge, I had uh, all of the uh, x-rays taken. So I don't have any abscess. I don't have any issues right now. And I think it's about a year old. And I know root canals are really bad to have. But when you're in pain, I don't know if you've ever had one or had an issue. But no, I've had a couple of extractions of teeth that uh, were okay. – I had an alcoholic dentist in my youth that, uh, you know, Mommy Dearest sent me to when I was like 12, 13 years old. And he drilled teeth uh-huh. way too much. And later in life, they had to have crowns, and then they collapsed, and then it had to come out. Um, uh-huh. And so it was – I had some really bad abuse of uh, dental treatment. Uh, at the hands of an alcoholic, and I didn't know what that smell was on his breath until I got to college. I went, oh, my dentist was a drunk. Oh. Great. So anyway, uh, wow. but that's my story with that. But uh, so I, yeah. I've never had a root canal. I've had the, I've had extractions for teeth that were that were um, basically malpracticed you know, by by but, uh, you know. So what is a root canal? And why is it so dangerous? What's what's the what's the problem? Well, because what they're doing, all of your your roots and your bones are connected to every organ in your body. All those roots go right. down into your body, connected to every organ and I'm very well aware of that but if any of your listeners know if when you have that pain like you don't have time to go check into all the things you know what I mean when you have that pain where you know that oh crap I gotta have a root canal or this teeth has to be like I was in so much pain within 48 hours that had to be taken care of and so I did it begrudgingly like a lot of people do just to get it taken care of so now I'm gonna have that tooth pulled I'm gonna do what they called a reverse root canal. I don't know the details behind that. Didn't look up the process. I don't know that I want to view it. Um, but I'm going to have the tooth pulled so that the root's pulled, you know, and, that, and that's just masking the root. And then I'm going to have an implant put in there. A ton of money. And that's why I... Oh, I, I know. I got two of them. Avoid. Yeah. But they work. 
they work exceptionally well. Yeah. So you take you, you get your tooth out, which is no fun. Um, so this is why I apparently have very high high pain tolerance because I, I do pretty well during these horrendous procedures. Um, but uh, the the implant they put a titanium screw into your jaw and it has to sit there about six months and completely become part of the bone and lock in. Uh, and so once that happens, then they can put a, a crown on top of that. They work exceptionally well. I have no so have problem one? with implants. I got two. I got two implants. Okay. Okay. And, so uh, I, 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 I have to uh-huh. have one by, by, by choice. Like, like I said, I'm mm-hmm. fine that I know of right now, and I don't have any issues going on right now. Um, I just know the potential damage that it can do long term. So being the proactive person that I am, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm choosing to have that reverse, and that will probably be at the beginning of the year. But so the whole concept of oil pooling, most people, if you look up oil pooling, or if you um, even go onto Amazon and look up oil pulling stuff, right? You can find mm-hmm. all kinds of to use for oil pulling. But the simplest way is just organic, refined coconut oil. And I have a big tub of coconut coconut oil, and obviously it's hardened, so I have to make it, you know, warm or make it liquefied because you want to you're going to rinse your mouth. Don't hmm. want to you don't want to swallow it. So you take like, I don't know, uh, three tablespoons, something like that, and you swish it around in your mouth, almost like gargling, but you don't want to I gargle. I just thinking of wash, yeah, exactly. But that's yeah. full of alcohol and, and other swish- nasty things. Yeah. Yeah, you want to swish it, swish it, swish it, and you want to do that as long as you possibly can. Huh. So up to two minutes is usually a really good time. Most people can't do it. You have to work up to that point. And what the oil does is it actually extracts a lot of the toxins, a lot of the poisons that gets in between your teeth to prevent tooth decay huh. and tooth loss. So, and it gets, okay. you know, it cleans out your tongue. Because if you think about all of um, everything that's going on in your mouth, right? Mm-hmm. You breathe in through your mouth, you're eating, you're chewing, you're brushing your teeth, you might be kissing someone, you're doing all the things, right? So well, I hope so anyway. I'm sorry, exactly, go ahead. Right? <laughs> you're extracting all of all of the stuff that's going in and because it's full of cells, the longer you hold it, the tongue is connected to all of your different organs, right? Kidneys, lung, liver, small intestines, everything. So you're actually purifying the entire system. The longer you can keep that in, and when you when you spit it out, you don't want to spit it out into the toilet or your sink because you know coconut oil coagulates; it hardens, so you'll destroy oh. your pipe. So you really want to have like a jar that you spit it into, or you know, a trash can, or you know, something oh, something like disgusting. that. CJ, this, this is like a it spittoon. Is. I mean, this is this is terrible. Can't you like plant put it out in the plants and have the plants grow? I mean, come on, there's got to be some place you can put it. <laughs> yeah, you know, don't keep your your coconut spit in a jar. I mean, there's got to be a better way. Yeah, I've uh, I I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. I've always just put it in the trash can, you know, with a a bag okay. in, the well, trash, in the trash. Hey, I've got that. That makes sense. Up. Yeah, you know, I used to know a a, a gun uh, smith, gun dealer, gun ammo manufacturer with like old expired or gun part he didn't want. He'd he'd uh, spread it in his garden, and apparently because nitrocellulose, right? Cellulose is, is plant is plant material. So apparently it made the mm-hmm. plants grow really well. So if anybody with your excess gunpowder, you know, put it put it in your garden. It really helps. Don't ask me how I why that came to mind, but anyway. Fun things to know and tell. Gunpowder makes plants and, grow. So you tuck that away in your list yeah. of knowledge. 
so the the oil pooling also, you know, it's 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 a it's it's to be as effective as a mouthwash, even more so because it pulls so much more out of the organs. It still improves bad breath and reduces microorganisms, you know, in your mouth. And a lot of the coconut oil pooling decreases plaque or gingivitis. Um, due to acids, and so it's a really good way, and it's a very inexpensive way. Like I said, you don't have to buy all these fancy things on Amazon, specific oil pulling oils. All you need is a good, refined, organic coconut oil, you know, hmm. that's liquefied. And, and, but it does take some time to get used to. Even if you're a coconut fan, it does take some time to get used to, for sure. Uh, and but, but, from what I've read, a lot of this has originated. Coconut oil is basically a staple in India, and so that's why a lot of the medical practitioners over there gravitate and use a lot of things that have coconut oil in it. I'm you sure know? they have a lot of coconuts in India. It's a tropical place. It's a tropical plant, but yeah. it just. But coconut oil is good for you. You talk to uh, uh, Chancey Terry, who used to be on the show a lot. She's our, one of our local wellness people. She loves coconut stuff. Yeah. Coconut products. Apparently, yeah. it's really good for you. Coconut oil on popcorn. Coconut oil in all kinds of places. Coconut, just coconut, uh, uh, you know, coconut. It's good. You know, so. Uh, it is. I mean, it's full of wonderful fats and things like that. So why so why would you not be able to swallow it? I'm just curious. Is it somehow well, different for like that in your mouth, a lot of people it'll cause choking with, and depending on the temperature of your mouth, oh. you don't want it to hurt stuff with gag reflexes. So you, you really well, do I've got want that. to Yeah, um, I got the world's but, worst gag but, reflex. Like, if you're consuming, mm-hmm. you know, coconut oil in your coffee or in food, just like we had talked about before about a lot of oils that you really don't want to cook in other than lard or ghee or butter or coconut oil, avocado oil, those are some of the more beneficial oils rather than the oils that are that cause inflammation. So when you're using coconut oil, coconut oil does a lot of things. You know, you can use it on your skin to moisturize your skin. It improves digest, can help battle people who have candida, which is, you know, another gut issue. It balances your hormones. It can increase your HDL cholesterol and lower your LDL cholesterol. Um, what else? Coconut oil can balance your blood sugar. So there's so many good things for coconut oil, but as far as using it for oral health, that's a really good way to use. Now, I have heard, I've not done this because I stay away from the seed oils, but mm-hmm. as long as you're not ingesting it, another option, some people do use sunflower seed oil, but but coconut oil for pooling is much more beneficial for all of the above reasons. And the it digs deeper into your cells than what a sunflower oil would do. Um and fighting gingivitis and all the do that all that kind of good stuff. So you want to really swish it in your in your mouth. You want to start off with ten they say t- <laughs> it's you know, if you look it up it'll say ten minutes. I don't know a lot of people that can do it ten minutes. I take it for about Turn it on two the radio. Minutes. Huh? So it's certainly not in the radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I've heard even but, uh, yeah. even swishing water in your mouth, you know, uh, gets rid of a lot of uh, like sugar, takes off some all kinds of things, and it's a great way to prevent tooth decay. So even just simple water makes a difference. So that's the last thing yeah. you, you do. 
you know, drink some water after your things. Uh, dark chocolate apparently coats your teeth or does something that's good for your teeth also, which is counterintuitive. The sugar doesn't. Sugar has the opposite effect, but this dark chocolate itself is actually good for your teeth as well. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The best time to do falling is like first thing in the morning, like when you get out of bed before you even, you know, brush your teeth. So, and you take a taste tablespoon or two and you want to work, the longer you can work up to switching it around in your mouth and making sure mm. that you don't swallow the oil, um, the better off, the better off you're going to be. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. you, so, and then like I said, you want to just spit it out and then brush, brush your teeth as, as, as normal. And you should not do that every day. Three to four times a week is usually good. Um, and if you don't say you can add an essential oil to the mix. No, it's you know, in popcorn. Sure. It's wonderful. Coconut oil is great. This is the same coconut oil, right? The one we're talking about that goes on popcorn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just, just checking. So if it tastes great yeah. on popcorn and smells good, why, who could not like it? And I don't like popcorn itself. I just love the coconut oil. So, you know, I just get the oil and skip the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else do I want to talk about with that really, really Well, quickly? I want to take a break for a second and play something for you that's incredibly politically incorrect, insensitive, intolerant, and generally in the spirit of these satire pieces that I've been doing before. I haven't done one for a while, but I've been sort of tempted to do a diversity workshop, action radio style. So um, okay. as, long as, you don't, as long as you don't share this report with people that are going to uh, affect your, your, your podcast website, Rumble, anything like that, uh, I, I forgot to upload. I was going to play it earlier in the week, but I forgot to upload it <laughs> until this morning. Okay. So uh, you want you want to have a little fun? All right. So let's let's, uh, sure. let's have a little fun with it's uh, it's nine twenty four here with the Action Radio Diversity Workshop, the premiere of a brand new satire piece. Hello there. Okay. At Action Radio, we have noticed that the Brandon Obama occupation coup has been replacing the entire federal government with black women, preferably lesbian black women. Kareem Abdul-Jean-Pierre Skyhook being the most prominent example. This is hardly diversity, equity, or inclusion. It's exactly the opposite. We, however, at Action Radio are undeterred by this massive segregation. So to redress our grievance against the race regime, we have come up with our own program to achieve balance once again. We call it the Action Radio Diversity Workshop. With just a few minor changes from standard DEI lesson plans and curricula, everyone should be able to adapt to our course right away. So, here we go. All the instructors are white men. Black participants have to go in whiteface for the duration of the class. Outside of class exercises in whiteface will include applying for a job at the post office, making a civil rights claim, taking a scholastic exam, and finally being accused of white supremacy. Women, as an outside exercise, will have to apply for government contracts and college scholarships while identifying as a white man with a picture of a white guy on your application. All trans folks will have to trans back just to see what they gave up. LGBTQ folks for our lab assignment will be encouraged to have sex with someone of the opposite sex, and since there is only one opposite, this should make your choice easier. Class charges for black and Hispanic students will be $500 per student most of which will be distributed back to the white and Asian students as reparations for affirmative action. Illegal aliens in the class will be identified in the citizenship check and will have their assets seized and their illegal children born in the U.S. will have their citizenship corrected back to that of their parents. And then they can leave the country. Oh, and their requirement to take this class will uh, then be waived. This workshop will be taught in standard English. 
All materials will be presented in English. And your personal pronouns are I and me. Women will be referred to as she, men as he, and two or more people only as we, if you know them, and they, if you do not. Card-carrying members of the Democrat Party will be brought to the front of the class where they will be accused of racism for keeping black Americans on a plantation, extortion for creating wokeness, and will have to drink black rifle coffee, have a lunch from My Patriot Supply, and nap on my pillows. Shooting class in the afternoon will include all of the misnamed assault weapons, including the AR-15 and the AK-47, which you will call Freedom Rifles. And yes, this is a graduation requirement. All students will be required to recite these truths at the beginning of each hour. White lives matter. George Floyd was killed by a drug overdose. Affirmative action is racism. Diversity only exists with divergent opinions. There are only two sexes. Marriage is between a man and a woman. Marriage is not a right. It is a contract. Electric cars are terrible for the environment. We need carbon dioxide replacement in the atmosphere. So I want a V8 pickup truck. January 6th was a deep state coup. The 2020 election was stolen. American citizenship comes from an American parent not being born on U.S. dirt. Climate change is a hoax. Guns are essential to freedom. The COVID vaccine is not safe and effective. Government experts are morons. Government education is indoctrination. God is the source of your rights by birthright. And finally, we are all Americans, except for the illegals. So as the final lesson of the Action Radio Diversity Workshop, people will go to our barbecue, where they will watch on the big viewing screens Charlton Heston Biblical Epics and John Wayne Films. The Action Radio Diversity Workshop, your passport back to a sane, logical, and truly equal America, available every weekday at blogtrackradio.com slash citizenaction. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> amazing oh thank you i think i've i think i've got all my cliches in order and i got all my all my requisite protest points all listed there <laughs> i made this like last weekend <laughs> that that is real oh my god if i play that if i play that on my shows mm-hmm. i'm sure i would have emails flying mm-hmm. that's the idea oh yeah well, I'll, I'll know when the when the uh, the death threats and the hate mail start that uh, our audience is growing. <laughs> wow! Oh, I've got others. <laughs> I should play one each week. Yeah, you you haven't heard uh, uh, some of the good ones like the new normal church and grocery store and the Chaz the Seattle thing and uh, uh, the January white sale where white people are sold. You know, it's uh, it's really funny. I, I just I get kind of crazy, but you know, yeah, they're all there. Yeah, mm-hmm. someone's got to do it. <laughs> and then I, I made one for Pianki. Um, we were talking, Pianca and I were talking. I'm sorry, CJ, go ahead. Oh, I said that was super good. It was oh, thank like, you. really good. <laughs> I can think I've a handful of people. I'd love to send it to personally. <laughs> well, I made a YouTube of it. It's available at my YouTube channel, Greg Penglis. So just go to YouTube, okay. put in Greg Penglis. Uh, no, it's, no, it's, sorry, it's, it's Action Radio Productions. No, wait, no, start again, Greg. Take two. Let me, let me, I need to do over. Let me, I need to play something for a do over. Um, uh, what if I got this that I can play really quickly here? I need the gong. Let me find the gong here. Wait a minute, hang on. So forget everything you just heard, and 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 uh, so I've got to get this. I got to think of this stuff ahead of time. Where's my gong? I know it's here. Uh, let's let's do the hotel bell. So do overtime. There we go. Thank you very much. The satire pieces for Action Radio are listed in the YouTube channel that is called Action Radio. 
So I got like five of them. <laughs> I've got founding moments. I've got my, my Greg Pangles page for my, my musical demos. Um, I've got um, uh, Action Radio Productions. That's where we're going to put our commercials and promos. And I have to move a couple, actually. But I, f- I found you can, you can actually download a video, uh, delete it from one place, and put it somewhere else. And so that I have to do. And, uh, and Action Radio is my satire channel. And so uh, we, we definitely have our moments there. You want to hear another one real quick? Yeah. Have you heard the? Uh, let me see where we do. Let's let's do my favorite, the new normal church and grocery store. This this was uh, remember when people were blocked from going to church, but they could shop for food. Yeah. Well, I thought. Well, why not combine both of them <laughs> as a way to protest? <laughs> so let me let me. Ah, here it is. I'll be. Uh, let's play this one. Hello, America. Looks like millions of you are in states where the governor dictator has said that food is essential, but God is not. Fortunately, we have a solution for you. We've combined your essential food shopping with a non-essential religious experience. Being in the same building and being completely intertwined, you can't do one without the other. Welcome to the New Normal Church and Grocery Store. Yes, the New Normal Church and Grocery Store is the first business of its kind to bring God conveniently into your food shopping aisle. Think of this as food for your body and food for your soul. No social distance or group size restrictions here. Upon entering the new normal church and grocery store, you will pick up your shopping cart. You can then choose from an optional mask with a Star of David, a cross, a crescent moon, a sun for you Shintos, a statue of Buddha, and for you agnostics, a question mark. Headsets are available to place sermons throughout your shopping experience. Some of the favorites include, I'm going to heaven and you're not, die infidel die, oi, what not to say during the bris, and that butterfly may be your grandfather. To orient you to the store, the kosher Jewish deli is by the Western Wall. A simple shalom gets you service, but be prepared to haggle. For you Muslims, out of courtesy, we put the halal butcher by the Eastern Wall. Sharia store policies require the wearing of both a burqa and a mask, just to be safe. Protestants will find the Wonder Bread, hot dogs, and steak in the central aisles, where all the best-dressed customers can also be found. When you notice the smell of incense, you are nearing the Buddhist section, which is all vegetarian. For Catholics, communion is available in the bakery department by the wafers near the red wine section. Agnostics should go directly to customer service because you folks have no idea what you want anyway. Be sure to offer your confessional to the checker on the way out if you so choose. Please don't forget to first pull down the blind on the plexiglass screen. And if you require ministering, you can talk to your bagger as they push your groceries to your car because all our baggers are cross-trained in theology. The new normal church and grocery store, your combination alternatives to the separation of church by the state. Wow, you're a natural, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's funny. I, I can't do comedy. I can't do stand-up comedy, but I can make jokes on the show that are situational. And I can put these, these satire pieces together. Uh, I'll play a couple more next week. But, uh, uh, again, it's on my channel, my Action Radio channel. You can get all of them. You can share them. There's one that's about 20 minutes long. I, I took Joe Biden's speech. You know that one where he was, like, screaming, the mag Americans. He's got the red background. It looks like uh, Stalin. So I, yeah. I, I put the rush, I put the Russian, the, the Soviet national anthem, and I put it as the background music while he's giving his speech. That's hysterical. That is hysterical. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, so that one you can play. I it's just Biden's have, speech. Go ahead. I do. If we have um, some more time left, I do want to touch sure. on one other subject. Um, I got 25 actually, minutes. You got 25 minutes. Take yeah, your time. Go for it. Mm-hmm. out. Um, there was an update. I know this one's been out for a little while, but there was another study that came out, and I can't find the most 
recent one, but it's the same the, the same c- conclusion basically is what I'm trying trying to say to you. Um, so everybody is familiar with your your basic Advil, Motrin, Aleve, right? That people mm-hmm. think decreases inflammation. Okay, now whether it does or doesn't, it's a mask. It doesn't really get you know. Like we talked about earlier, you know, the root, we've been using that word a lot today, the root of, of the issue. Most of the time, taking those for, say, arthritis or any, any, any inflammation that you've got going on, on a consistent basis. We're not talking a couple times a year you have to, you know, take an Advil or whatever, right? I and mean, you really shouldn't be taking it at all. There's plenty of alternative anti-inflammatories to take that actually work just as mm-hmm. quickly. But anyway, that that category of drugs are called non steroidal anti inflammatory drugs or NASIDs, N S A I D apostrophe S. So mm-hmm. like I said, you the ibuprofen, all those all those things. So what those things do over time, according to an MRI study, actually did nothing to get rid of the inflammation and the disease in the area that needs it, whether it's, you know, knee pain, um, elbow pain, whatever, most of the time it's going to affect your other organs over time. The kidney, the liver, the heart um, can give a lo- cause a lot of acid reflux. Now, we're talking, again, we're talking about people who take a lot of this, not, not one a year or something like that, okay? Um, mm-hmm. If they did an MRI, that's what it showed. It did not take care of any of the infection or any of the underlying issues that is causing the inflammation in the particular area. And so what helps to actually get to the root, using something that is natural, using your curcumin, using your turmeric, using resveratrol, using basqualia, and those sort of things are all things that are natural that you can get, but you have to know the right type of doses to to take them. Boswellia, a lot of people don't even know about it, and it's actually found in Asia and Africa. Um, and in India, it's it's also known as Indian frankincense, and it's it's a it's a tree. So it actually comes from a a tree. It's a natural it's a natural herb, along with the other ones. And lots of people think of wine as resveratrol, right? Um, mm-hmm. But those are the things that will not give you any of the side effects as the NASA's does, but they will actually go right into the cells of where the inflammation is and decrease the, the inflammation in that particular area. So there's a lot of herbs just like that will do those things for you. And there was just a recent study, like I said, showing that because a lot of people who have tennis elbow and all those things, I know so many people that pop these quote-unquote inflammatory drugs, which really aren't doing anything other than masking the, the problem. Some people do get temporary relief, but the long-term side effects of using these consistently are a lot of other damages to a lot of other or, organs, and you still end up having to have carpal tunnel you know, surgery to get all of the, the stuff out. So that's something to take into con- consideration especially, you know, during this season where you hear people talking about getting sick and stocking up on all their drugs. No, you should be stocking up 
on all of the all of the herbs and all of the natural things that you need going into November, December, and, and January that really have a much lower possibility of any of the side effects that one of these drugs would, would give you. Well, this reminds me a little bit of a report that I heard from Bonnie earlier. She was talking about things like Benadryl that they're taking off the shelves. They're taking off all the non-prescription cold medicines. But she says those actually work. Now, I've never taken them, but apparently they do fine. And then now you're talking about different things, Motrin, some of the what, Advil. These are supposed to be like pain relievers we're talking about. I mean, you said inflammation, but those are like headaches, muscle aches, that kind of stuff. The, and they, they yeah. don't do anything. So the, we're two different class of drugs here. One that uh, Bonnie says does work, and you're saying this class of drugs doesn't work, and yet both of them are coming out. So are these coming off the market or they're not coming off the market? These, the ones that I mentioned, I don't have any information telling me that they're coming off the market. What I have is shown recent MRI comparisons for people who have taken them for inflammation, that they are not they don't work. decreasing and getting okay. rid getting rid of the problem. Right, so huh. so if you take an Advil six times a week, or you have to take something in the in, inflammatory category of drugs, the NACID drug mm-hmm. category, right? right? You're just releasing the pain. You're not getting rid of the inflammation that is in there. You're you're like I said, you're 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 masking it to make it feel better for a certain amount of time until that angst comes back, and then you have to pop pop another pill because most people that take these drugs, like I mentioned. They still have knee replacement surgery. They still ha- they still have carpal tunnel, and they have to have carpal tunnel s- surgery to remove all the infection from the inflammation that is that mm-hmm. is in there. Whereas if you take something natural, the correct amount, working with a wellness professional, knowing what the correct amount of dosage is for you over a consistent period of time, you're going to actually get to the root of the problem. That's going to decrease the inflammation at the root cause, wherever you need it, so that the odds are in your favor to possibly not have to have some of those surgeries and to not have the potential side effects of the kidney, the liver, the heart, the reflux, all of the side effects that can come with this category of inflammatory drugs. Well, this is fascinating because it's one of the benefits of having the world's worst gag reflux is I can't stand pills. I won't swallow them. If, it, right. if, it's, if, it's, if it's not chewable, I can't swallow it. Uh, and, and it's right. not the, you know, I don't have like, a, you know, <laughs> obviously I got a big cavernous mouth for tuba playing and singing and things like that, but and talking, you know, big echo chamber in there. So, but it's just, I just gag. I mean, when I was on the, the ventilator after open heart surgery, I mean, I, I mean, the, the tubes almost killed me. <laughs> it was weird. Um, right. But so, so I've never wanted pills of any kind anyway. So because of that, I, you know, you don't find me taking pills for a headache. I, I just relax. I do something else, have a hot shower, anything to, to get the, 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 the neck muscles to uh, loosen up and get the blood flowing again. Cause that's what causes a headache is constricted blood vessels. So why would I, why would I take a pill for that? You know, if my knee is sore, I, I put it up for a while. <laughs> you know, if I bike ride too hard, right. Uh, I don't, I don't take a pill for that. I just, you know, put my feet up. And, and rest because I, I probably rode too fast and too hard, which I occasionally do, you know, I mean, right. so, but these things seem very logical to me. So, is, but the, right. there's this, this weird psychology that a pill, no matter what the situation, a pill will do it. You find the right pill, you can cure anything. And I just never thought that way because I can't stand pills, but that's, that's me. Right. Hmm. Well, <laughs> here's, so here's the thing. And I think we've mentioned this. I, I'm mm-hmm. with you to a certain extent, but if there are pills, um, 
all, all natural ingredients, all organic natural ingredients, and you can get it all in one or in a couple mm-hmm. things. Because, like, like you said, I can't wait for you to come visit me. Um, <laughs> you should, I take a lot of supplements first thing in the morning, but I have um, a restricted esophagus. And so I, oh. the capsules that I have that have all the curcumin, all the turmeric, all of the heavy metal, all, all the natural ingredients are capsules with natural ingredients in them that are derived right. from food, right? Organic food-driven capsules. I open the capsules and I put them in my protein shake or whatever in the morning. I cannot Oh, I've done that. So, yeah, I've done that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if, that's if what I'm available. So, but, yeah, but it's, it's, not, it's not my first choice. <laughs> you know, right, I'll, I'll figure something else out. Give me, give me, but, uh, you know, a food, much better. Right. Well, putting your legs up or resting—that's all good. But if you have inflammation in there, that's not mm. going to take away. You need something natural versus a drug to get rid of those angry cells and the stuff that's going on in the body, because that's just going right. to be like a temporary relief. You've got—you need to have something that's going to get in there to them mm. to clean it out and take take care of it. So. Using something that's of a natural substance, mm-hmm. again, based on these MRI studies, people that have taken Motrin Aleve, the national category of inflammatory drugs, it actually does more harm than good over time, and it doesn't take care of the problem. Hence why, if you're still going to have to have surgery, taking mm-hmm. anti-inflammatory drugs, you might as well not take the, the drugs at all, just go have the surgery, <laughs> because the drugs are going to cause more damage to other organs potentially yeah. over over time whereas if you're taking a natural substance consistently over time you have a stronger chance of getting rid of whatever is causing the problem not potentially having to have surgery and decreasing your odds any of your other organs damaged by a synthetic product versus something that is natural that makes sense you know so, and like I said, this was shown in an MRI study that the drugs, people are popping these drugs and they think because they feel better within 10 minutes and then they feel better for 12 hours that it's taking care of the problem. No, because then at that 12 hour mark, you're popping another pill. You know? Yeah, I, I remember watching an ad that was something like they had uh, someone saying, you know, every two hours I have to have a pill for something. I think, why are you doing that? If you have to have a pill for two, every two hours and there's something else going on, go see a chiropractor. Go see a, a natural healer of some kind. Get some acupuncture. Do something. But, but this idea exactly. of, of, of pills, is, it's, it's a mask. It's like taking an antidepressant rather than figuring out what's causing you to be depressed. It's a total waste of time. Exactly. It's, it's, it's a total detour. And it never made sense to me. I don't understand medicine. I don't understand, you know, people are, are taking aspirin all the time or they're, or they're taking Tylenol, which is even worse, and all these other things. You know, and they don't take the good stuff, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, you know, natural vitamins, herbs, and spices, <laughs> all these good things that are out there already for you. I mean, the planet's full right. of wonderful stuff, coconut oil. You know, go eat a coconut. <laughs> yeah. right. You're so stupid, people. You know, and it's, it's, but there's, it's a psychological thing. It's like my gag reflex, I'm sure, is like 98% psychological and 2% physical. It's right. probably what it comes down to. doesn't matter. 
You know, I make I make pills chewable, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't, you know, because they're, they're probably on time release coding or something or like emptying a capsule. You know, who's to say that capsule wasn't there to release the, the, the medicine more slowly? And it still goes into your stomach and that's full of acid. So yeah. who's to say, you know, did the, when, well, here's a good question for you. When they test drugs, uh, alternate or, or standard, you know, big pharma drugs, do they actually put them in stomach right. acid and see what they turn into or no? Some of them do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I've done that at home. You know, so I'm sure they use other things, and that's what one of the things that I'm sure you've heard me talk about, and I talk about on some of my shows, is testing your supplementation at home. If it, you know, in in apple cider vinegar or vinegar that's equivalent to your stomach acid, if it doesn't dissolve within less than five minutes, you're peeing or pooping your stuff out. You might as well just throw it away. Your body's not absorbing it. You know, it's yeah. rotting in your in your gut. So yes, to answer your question, but you know, you're you're right when you go with the capsules, like. If the capsules and things that are not in there are not bioavailable and it's not organic and it's not made from real food, you know, a lot of things are time-released. There are a very handful of products that I'm aware of that are natural that I use with my clients, but you don't have to be concerned about what time of day you take them. They're not time-released. It doesn't have to be you have to take this with this or this with the other, but that's why working with a naturopath working it like with an integrative nutrition like myself or somebody that can help guide you um, mm-hmm. is going to be much more beneficial, beneficial to someone versus just floundering and trying to figure it out on their own. Hmm. You know, um, because yeah. I'm all about whole, whole foods, but again, you know, we said you can't get the quantity and the quality in whole foods. So that's why your supplementation needs to right. be organic whole food based and it needs to be in a bioavailable liposomal form which means if you look up those big words that I just said mm-hmm. those words just mean that your body soaks it up like a sponge and is actually utilizing what you're putting in your body versus right. the other mm, okay makes sense yeah so mm-hmm. y'all need to try some oil, oil pulling and Get all the herbs and throw out all of your anti-inflammatory drugs. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I was just thinking of, uh, yeah, I just think of a different topic, um, stress. We are in stressful times uh-huh. right now. Uh, we've got a war going on, uh, actually a couple of them. We've got a Ukraine war for people involved with that. We've got uh, Israel and Hamas and, and the potential World War III. Uh, we've got stress. It's almost like COVID stress, only it's war stress. Are you seeing an uptick in people who are just suffering just general stress? They don't feel good. They don't know why they don't feel good, um, but it might just be all the news sitting on their heads, you know, the, about, uh, you know, you got, we've got an illegal president. We've got a potential war. We've got, fortunately, a new speaker, but uh, there's a lot of things going on. We've got a budget crisis coming up again, you know, and are, are people worried about the news? Are they worried about, uh, you know, a nuclear Armageddon? Are they worried about whatever they're worried about. But I think I just get this feeling a lot of people are worried. The economy sucks. Inflation's getting worse. Prices are higher. Are you seeing people stressed out? Um, I am. I mean, I was just having this conversation this morning. You know, I see it with my, my family and whatnot. Um, okay. And I was having this conversation, like I said, this morning with another uh, podcaster, actually. And we we are i mean i'm i'm feeling it and seeing it you know i'm trying my best not to and i do all the things but you know the reality of the reality is you just have to find the correct coping mechanisms to cope with yeah, the I reality yeah i just played them of, <laughs> i just played a couple you know. of them. <laughs> yeah exactly 
Exactly, right? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. But yes, I, I I do, and some more so than others. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. So definitely. That's actually a really good topic we should talk about, too, is outlets. And I talk about this with my friends. And I know people that got into politics, and they burned out. And they say, oh, no, we don't have any victories. It's terrible. It's not working. I'm leaving. It's like, leaving? You, you, you haven't even started yet. You, you, this is a long haul, folks. You know, I started doing politics when I was about 10, you know, about getting interested in learning about it and things like that. But, uh, you know, and that was 50 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, actually more than that. Um, so, you know, this is a long haul thing. Um, but uh, but people are stressing over politics. They're stressing over. There's just there's a lot of stress. And I keep telling all these folks, you got to have an outlet. You know, I play rock and roll guitar. You know, I have a channel for that, too. You know, I, I do political stuff. I mean, I, I joke around like crazy on the show. So there's a lot of places that I have stress outlets. And I'm wondering if people, because we don't really teach stress outlets. We don't really teach, you know, I mean, how many bosses say, look, go home and, uh, you know, run around the block 16 times or go pick up an instrument or you need, you need a hobby. <laughs> you, know, you need a distraction. You need to do something else. You know, go start competitive shooting. I mean, people don't do that. There's no, I don't, I don't know, uh, the, like the wellness outlet program is what we need. Just people just tell people, hey, you need a hobby. You need to go do something. Get a pet. You know, go go train a, right. a, a, a feral cat. I mean, do something interesting you've always wanted to do. And I think people forget right. that part of their life. It's really critical. I mean, it really is. I agree. I I agree totally, totally. No, that is that is a, a a really good thing. And you know, a lot of times, the majority of people, as far as a stress reliever, it is some sort of a physical activity. You know, I, I personally. I don't really stress trying to sit down and do research on the computer or reading a book. No, mm-hmm. I, I need to be I need to be moving and grooving. I need to be doing something. I need to be expending, you know, an, an energy. Um, I, 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 and you got to know your body and what works for you. I can't mm-hmm. release stress or angst by doing Pilates or yoga because I'm not wired that way. I can't sit still. So it's like. I can't de-stress and just say, okay, let's just sit down and watch a movie together, uh, you know, while my head's going in 50 million directions. That doesn't work for me. Um, so, Unless it's a really good really, movie. What? Unless it's Pulp well, Fiction with Uma Thurman taking out, like, uh, 80 people with a samurai sword. That's exciting. Yeah. It, I love Pulp Fiction. <laughs> okay, maybe not. I, mean, you know, I, I just like Uma Thurman. I'm sorry. But, uh, no, I think, you know, take a martial art up. Lax on, lax karate, good. Don't be like they get squished in the middle of the street, huh? Karate do good, <laughs> karate don't do good. Uh, karate, eh, middle of the road, squished like great. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a hobby. So, the nice thing about radio is, you know, you don't see me. I can, just, I can do all these voices, and it's kind of fun. Yeah. So so martial arts. Yeah. I, can, I can see you, you know, Kung Fu you. And we need to, we need CJ Fu. <laughs> Hey, she practiced CJ Fu. Break small boards with bare hands. Hey. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> Come on, you can oh, do you it. Know what? what? On a different note, if, if oh, there are any of your listeners. Strike a different note. <laughs> strike a different note. If any of your listeners are in the Carolinas or close by or anywhere like that, um, myself and one of the other angels from the Angel Warrior Network podcast on Rumble, which is where you can find our podcast if you want to join it. Um, we are having a Patriot Friendsgiving, November the 18th. So, um, and we're, it's supposed to be about 60 degrees or so, so we don't know if we're going to do it at a park or at a clubhouse. 
but all patriots bringing a favorite dish and just having a Friendsgiving time. So if anybody is interested in any of that information, as we get to the top of the hour here, I can give you an email and you can, you know, email me and we can get you the details. But we will be having that in North Carolina if anybody is so inclined to join us. Well, it sounds like fun, almost as much fun as seeing what you have in your supplements and medicine cabinet, which I think would be fascinating, too. You, you should take a picture of that. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. Um, that's actually the same. <laughs> you know, you know, CJ, CJ's notions and potions cabinet. There we go. Um, but that sounds like a wonderful, uh, wonderful activity. I will be at the Creek Fest. We have the uh, Santa Rosa Creek Band uh, has their Creek Fest on the 18th and 19th. And so the 18th oh. is a Saturday, Saturday, I believe, so I'll be at that. Um, but because it's local, it's a lot closer. But uh, one day, you know, getting the car fixed up for some long trips. So I, I will be over there, if for nothing else, but to see uh, everything you have in your morning supplement regimen. That should take a while. <laughs> I love teasing you about that. I'm really, yeah. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. I've been doing a lot of, oh, my gosh, you should see my herbal tea supplementation area Ooh. and the way I have it all. Organized, okay. and alphabetized, and it's kind of yeah. I'm 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 a little bit of a nut, but it's okay. It's all good. A little. Um, sorry, I couldn't resist. Anyway, <laughs> no, I mean this is this this part of the the fun of being on the show is I don't have normal people. We all have our quirks and eccentricities and fun stuff. What you might want to do is CJ's feng shui. So in other words, ah. you could arrange you could arrange cabinets for people. You could design health programs of where to put stuff so it's efficient for them to get it. So CJ's feng shui. Yeah. So CJ's Feng Shui ah. in nutrition and medicine supplements. You know, there you go. See, all the creative I, things we do, that's what I do ideas. That's my thing. So yeah, CJ's Feng Shui. Yeah. You could do I like a, that. Um, that'd be a great um, uh, rumble episode for, for the Angel Warriors. Oh, it would be. That would yep. be great. I love CJ's that. CJ's Feng Shui. I'll consider that. Show up in a kimono. And now we arrange medicine cabinet the way feng shui would do so. <laughs> Honorable friends, welcome to CJ's feng shui. <laughs> uh, I'll, let you, I'll let you do the intro for me. You can record the, the intro. intro for me. I think oh, that would be hang on, hang, on. hang on a second. I got, I got something for you here. Wait a minute. Let me see if I can find it. I keep forgetting where I put it. Here we go. And now... CJ's Feng Shui. Welcome, honorable friends, to the arrangement of medicine and herbal cabinets from CJ's Feng Shui. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. That's good. I have a gong for Yeah, I was looking for that earlier. But I, I keep looking at gong, but it's under Chinese. <laughs> it's a prize. You, you, you need to record that snippet and send it to me. Oh, I'll make you one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's already on the podcast. If you can, good. if you can take it from the podcast, feel free. So, where's our podcast? I was looking for it. I, uh, this, uh, it's up. The, the, it is because the Rumble ones it's I found up. are a year old, so it must be. It, it's a different yep. channel. or something's changed. How do? How do? What's the? What's uh, just the Angel Warrior Project, right? Or where, where do you find yeah, it? And I'll Let's get your contact information. Yeah, because okay. we had like thirty-three hundred views on it. So. Oh, good. Um, it was. A, it was. A, it's a really good show. So, and I can send it to you, but, okay, so on Rumble, you can find the network at the Angel Warrior Network, and you got to run all the words together, the Angel Warrior Network, and it's only on Rumble, and then if anybody wants to get in touch with me for anything that we, we discuss on uh, Action Radio as well, you can email me at h2owellnessnetwork at gmail.com, that's h2o wellness 
Network at gmail.com. And that is where you can that where you can find me. And I hope everybody has a great rest of the week and weekend. I know for us, our family is getting a new puppy this weekend. So we will be having a fun time. I'm just looking at the Angel Warrior Network. You know, I think my problem is not uh, putting them together. No, it still comes up a year old. It still comes up a year yeah, old episode. Well, I'll, send you, I'll send you the link. I've got because I'll send, I'll send you the link from our show. And then uh-huh. that way it'll, it'll you're right there. Okay, and we're going to say goodbye to uh, Marco in the Netherlands because we're we're losing uh, uh, at the top of the hour. They they cut off the live chat at three hours, uh, and they cut off the show. But uh, we do have a little bit of overtime. But um, just to let you know too, I'll be sending out our, our press releases probably today on the Citizen Legislation Day, and in that is a link to my interview with Emerald Robinson on our vaccine bill. So uh, that'll be kind of cool too. So you can take a look at that. But I definitely want to post our our podcast because it was constitutional stuff. Any reactions? Yeah, I got you here. Hey, uh, any, yeah, yeah. Anything uh, that's not in the comments that you can talk about? Uh, anybody have find uh, new knowledge of the Constitution they never thought of, never heard of, never, you know, were totally surprised by? Any reactions? I'm curious. Um, you know, we did have we we did have quite quite a few comments during the live chat. Um, okay. Everybody was just commenting on the interview. How it was such a great interview. I didn't have any other questions or anything like that on there. No. Also look for, well, I'll take all the comments when I get. Okay. Anything else we can talk about? I think we're pretty much done. This is good. Yeah. This is, this is I fun think hour. Yeah. Good. I will look forward to seeing everybody next next week, and feel free to contact me with any questions, and Greg, you and I will be in touch. Yep. And you still won't see him. It's radio. You keep forgetting. This is You, you do video production. We do radio. Nobody sees you. You're, I know. You're well, mysterious. I, I, you're, I was really good earlier. I said your listeners, if you noticed, I did that. I, did, I was, didn't say viewers. That's true. But you're, but all they get from us here on radio is your sweet and angelic uh, cherubic voice. So. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I hope you have a great day. Thanks, CJ. You take care. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everyone. Right. Bye now. There we go. So I've, I've played everything I have to play, so we're actually going to stop somewhat on time today, which is unusual for us here. Normally, I'm going for a while longer, but normally... But by the time I have like four guests in a row, we kind of get backed up. But CJ took pretty much on time. All right, so I'm just going to play you a little piece of music. This is it for today. Um, tomorrow is going to be great. Tomorrow we have a very special guest, Xi Van Fleet. So Xi Van Fleet was on the show before. She's from China. She escaped uh, Xi Jinping's communist uh, uh, China, and she's been and she's in Washington. She has a new book that just came out, so we're going to hear all about that. That'll be at 9 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, I guess it'll be 8 a.m. Mountain, 7 a.m. Pacific. So we'll wake up. Uh, Mario Prado on the West Coast. Hey, Mario, wake up. we got a great guest for you here. Um, so that's going to be then. So we our regular folks tomorrow. Fridays are packed. So let me see if anybody – I don't think anybody's missing tomorrow. It's usually somebody uh, uh, somebody who's, who's not here. No, it looks like everybody's here. So uh, Tara D. with the, uh, the Animal Shelter Report, and then uh, Derek Park with the Financial Report. He's back from his sojourn across the pond. We'll hear about uh, what, some of his adventures. Uh, and then we have um, – in, in the next hour, we've got our gun reporters, Candy Petticord, with the, the Black Mama Bear Gun Report and uh, John DeMonico with the Women's Firearm Academy Report. Uh, and then the, in the third hour, we've got uh, Xi Van Fleet. So it's going to be fascinating. We may only have her for half an hour because that's a lot of the, the, the folks that uh, get us are, are big guests, even though she's been on before. Uh, we'll see if she can stay longer. You never know. Uh, you never know what's going to happen here. That's what makes it so much fun. So anyway, I will see you all tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time, when we will do it all again.